Good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Carson Weekly back with us. Let's talk about the Ben McDonald look you got going on, by the way. Haircut, man. I changed yeah. it up. What's that all about? When'd you? I uh, just so all right, all right. If so, everyone knows I had the middle part. I had the middle part since. Well, I, I don't was, know if everyone knows that. Well, like, <laughs> uh, I've had it since I was like 15, and I I just texted my barber and was just like, hey, Miss Dawn, what if we changed it up? Right. I like it. I think it's a little more professional, you know? It's not quite the full-on flat top. Like, it's, Yeah, it's, right. There's a little more like... I yeah. almost would prefer... Like, it would be exciting to me if you came in here with the haircut the that we could set our watch to, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, but man, I think I might like it. I will see. Well, I, I got I to feel it's it out. It's just got to... You're, you're so you see me with the old cut. You got to let it grow on you a little God, bit. God, every time I see Ben McDonald, I think to myself... That's somehow what a man is supposed to look like. I'm not sure why, but I'm convinced it's what a man is supposed to look like. He's like I've six foot seven, too. Yeah, that like definitely that. has a lot to do with it's it. Like, wow. And that like slight Cajun accent. Oh, as well. it makes it, again. I've said it a million times. I just want to do Thanksgiving at his house, and yet he still never invited me. Which is a little bit awkward. I've, I brought it up a lot, and I've never been able to cop. He responds to, like everything else that we post about on Twitter, but he's never responded. When I bring up how much I want to do Thanksgiving at his house, which is a little disappointing to me, if I'm being honest, maybe with it's because you. Like, you didn't offer to bring anything. I would. What? How could I improve a Thanksgiving at Ben McDonald's <laughs> house? Come on, man. No way. I guess just bring like potato chips or something. Like, sure, like I'll bring some potato chips. Girls. Bring some old bay cheese girls. I'm sure that's going to yeah. improve Thanksgiving at Ben McDonald's house. I think I've. I think I have put it out there on Twitter about a hundred times. I will happily fly down to Baton Rouge. Spend Thanksgiving with the McDonald's. That would be wonderful, but yet I have not gotten the invite. All right. uh, Really busy show today. We will catch up with the number two overall prospect in all of baseball, Jackson Holiday, currently with the Aberdeen Ironbirds, where he has just murdered high A-level pitching this season. We will chat with him about his uh, continued progress throughout the Orioles' system. Also coming up this morning, we're going to preview the Blue Jays. Our buddy Caleb Joseph will join us, former Orioles catcher, now Blue Jays broadcaster. The legendary El Presidente. I was at the game on Saturday. He was throwing the first pitch. Dennis Martinez was back in town. We'll uh, catch up with him, see what he saw from the birds this weekend. Jenna Antonucci, we were just talking about her yesterday. She is the trainer of Arcangelo, the Belmont winner, the first ever female trainer to win a Triple Crown race. Pretty amazing. We will talk. Oh, hello. We will talk to her about that. And uh, Carson will provide his first life hack of the summer. That's going to be the segment that he's going to be responsible for this summer is life hacks. Uh, I requested one involving a pineapple last week because I also wanted to try um, my friend's daughter. My friend Tracy's daughter, Kadena, was tweeting about the idea. Who brought the... Uh, we brought, oh, you got the Old Bay. Yes. Yeah, um, she was tweeting about the idea of doing Old Bay and Pineapple, and I said, well, say no more. This is basically how I want to live the rest of my life, is just trying things with Old Bay. So, yes. Yes, let's do that. Uh, and she was trying to explain it. Like, well, I was just trying to replace Tahina. I'm like, no, 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 stop. Stop. Shut your mouth. You don't have to... There's just... Just random thing with Old Bay. That's good for us. You're you're thinking she thinks she's come up with a life hack like by replacing Tahini. We, we don't care about that. We don't care at all. We just want to try Old Bay on something. So we will do that this morning as well as Carson's got a pineapple-related life hack in order to show us. So a lot to do on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. 
Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Um, Orioles obviously were off last night. They will be back in action tonight as they open up the series against the Blue Jays. Dean Kramer is on the mound against Chris Bassett. I did see, did they announce the entire week's worth of pitchers? I know they announced today, tomorrow for sure. It's uh, it's Bradish tomorrow, then Wells And the Wells on day. Thursday. So we still don't know about the idea of how they're going to handle. I guess the first part is they're, they're not concerning themselves with skipping Wells right now and thinking about the innings. I said that's something they should think about. When we did the math, we were like, think about that for next week. For next week, think about Wells. The question is whether or not they throw Irvin on Friday or Saturday. Which day do they use? Because they could turn around and throw Gibson on Friday again if they wanted to. And that would kind of set them up to pitch against Tampa. Correct. Yeah. And that, to me, would make a little bit more sense than pitching Irvin on Friday and then having him lined up to start Wednesday against Tampa. If you're going to skip, particularly if you're going to try to skip Tyler Wells next week, it would make more sense for Gibson to get a start in Tampa than it would be for Irvin to make the start in Tampa. Although, you know, again, he pitched well against the Royals. I'm not trying to suggest that Cole Irvin might not be able to, you know, move into a role where he's a high, uh, I don't know, a, a quality starter for this team this season. But I think assuming that right now would be a mistake. So me personally, I would start Gibson on Friday and then start him again Wednesday in Tampa. And then who would that mean? No, to start you would the save other game? Wells a start. You would save Wells a start, but who would who would start the other game in Bradish. Tampa? Bradish would yes. get the other. So start? right now, yeah, it'd be it would be Kramer. It would go. Kramer would pitch Sunday. Kramer would be Sunday, right? And then Bradish on Tuesday, and then Gibson on or, or Wells. Gibson or Wells would line up. For well, Wednesday. I'm saying if we're skip, yes, if you're right. prioritizing skipping Wells, if that's the yes. priority, is that using the two days off next week in order to take advantage of that with a likely innings limit coming for Wells at some point, then that's the way that I would. But again, I'm an idiot, so who cares what I'm thinking Let's about? Let's just start Tyler Wells every day. Like, I, you look, man, if it then, works. And then win. That's what, they, that's what Stanford's doing, yes. right? And like That's how they're handling their pitching. 200 pitches. God damn, man. And like I, it's a very difficult. Every time the, like, the internet gets into a, a shouting match about college baseball, all I want to say is like, you need to put this in the rules. You're asking these guys to not try to win. Like, I guarantee when the coach talks to the pitcher before the game, the pitcher says, dude, I'll do anything to try to win yeah. a championship. Like, I, when we say it's abuse, I hear you, but the, the young men are part of that because they want to win a championship with their buddies. That's a big deal to them. They don't know what their future is going to be. So the opportunity right now to try to win a College World Series and create a memory that will last forever, no matter what they do with their baseball life ahead of them, they may never do anything more than play single-A baseball. Winning a College World Series is a much bigger deal than that. So it, it's a difficult, when we talk about the morality of it, we, and these are debates that happen all the time on Twitter, that this is this is abuse and blah blah and I and I get it. I understand. Put it in the rules. So that the the pitcher can't say, dude, throw me until my arm falls off. I want to win a college world series. Because they're gonna say that. Winning a championship at the collegiate level is a very big deal. And these guys are not guaranteed to do anything more than to say, well, we need to protect their arm. Some of these guys will say, For what? What are you protecting my arm for? I'm going to be a 19th round draft pick, a, th a 30th round draft pick. I might never pitch above Winston-Salem. 
Why are you worried about protecting my arm? I'm let me win a title. So it's a very difficult conversation. It's not something that's relevant to us, but it's a very difficult conversation every time I see that. And it's gotten a lot of traction this week because who was it from Stanford? It was Quinn Matthews. 156 yeah. complete game, 156 pitch complete game on Sunday night. Uh, which, again, is insanity. In an elimination game. So Obviously a very relevant story in college baseball locally yesterday as Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn has departed in favor of the Alabama job. It's a bummer. There's no way around that. Rob Vaughn was a very successful coach at the University of Maryland, and it's the third straight successful Maryland baseball coach to move on to greener pastures. In fairness, two of them moved on to the ACC and the SEC, and I just don't think you'll ever be able to prevent Maryland baseball coaches from moving on to the ACC or the SEC. I I just sort of think that's the reality of the circumstances. John Sheff, of course, moved on to Virginia Tech. Now Rob Vaughn moves on to Alabama. SEC baseball is another world. I, I don't think you'll be able to prevent moving on from Big Ten to SEC baseball ever. I, like you can say, well, you know, they need to make upgrades in the facilities. They need to make up. Say whatever you want to say. The Alabama baseball job becomes available. I think there's, I don't know, 20 jobs in the country where a person wouldn't say, yeah, that's a better job. That's definitively a better job. I think I don't know that there are even twenty where it's not, but that's not definitively a better job than the job that I have. the The weather, hello, the weather. It's part of what happened when you moved into the Big Ten. You are literally playing series in Minnesota in March and April, and Nebraska, and Illinois, and Indiana. Whereas the ACC is playing in Florida and Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina. It's not hard to figure out. It's easier to recruit when you're going to play in warmer weather. The SEC, same deal. So it's sort of the reality of what you're facing. The one, however, um, with Eric Backage left from Michigan, that was kind of a bummer. Like that one would be one that you would point out and say that maybe that shouldn't be happening, but he also moved on to Clemson from there and Michigan you would say has more of a financial investment, and we've seen Michigan make deep runs to the College World Series, but you know you, that still seems like the type of thing that Maryland baseball should be capable of fixing like so that you don't lose coaches to other Big Ten jobs. The point of all this would be that the follow-up is if there was a time where you're going to lose a successful head coach, it is obviously quite nice that like, the moment we all saw this yesterday, every single one of us that knows anything about Maryland baseball said, well, it's Matt Swope. Like, that's the guy. And to the point, I've said a lot. I'm almost confused as to why Matt Swope hasn't been hired by a major league franchise at some point. Talk to Lamont Wade. Talk to any of these dudes. Any of these cats that have had success from Maryland baseball over the years and ask them, as far as position players go, ask them why. And the first thing they will say, Matt Swope. And his system, what he has done. Lamont Wade spent the entire like pandemic back in College Park. And then he turned into late night Lamont. And by the way, actually, this season is having a very nice season. He's become a far more complete baseball player this year as a leadoff hitter. Maybe the only first baseman to lead off in all of baseball. Talk to those cats about what Matt Swope means to them. Matt Swope is a Maryland baseball lifer. He was a Maryland baseball player. He's from Maryland. He is 
cares deeply about this program. As my buddy Joey Flintz, who is the former Maryland baseball SID, and I were talking about yesterday, he's the one guy that maybe wouldn't turn down better offers. The way that we talk about Mike Loxley and how badly he wants to be the Maryland football coach and how much he cares about it, and I'm not trying to suggest that if Alabama wanted Mike Loxley, he wouldn't leave for Alabama, but to the point that he's not just looking for any job to move on from. like He's not just here to try to get himself his next job. This isn't me being stupid and saying, well, Mike Loxley would never leave Maryland football. The point is he's not going to be the guy to get the Alabama football job if it were to come available. You understand what I'm saying, though. Like Mike Loxley is not here to get his next job. He's here because he wants to be the football coach at Maryland, and it would take something extraordinary for him to leave Maryland. And Matt Swope is that guy. Maybe he would take the Alabama job. I don't know. The Alabama job is a really good job in baseball. Like, I, you know, it, it's not Alabama football, but it's a damn good job. I, I, I don't know with certainty. But he ain't leaving for Michigan. He ain't leaving for Virginia Tech. Matt Swope is Maryland baseball. Has been around the program for forever. I, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's not a big deal to lose Rob Vaughn. It is a big deal to lose Rob Vaughn. But if there was ever a time to lose a successful head coach, it's nice to have someone internally to turn to that I think everybody was afraid you might end up losing at some point anyway because that's how highly regarded he is. I really believed, uh, Luke Jackson and I were texting about it yesterday, I had believed for some time that a major league team, when all of their players that like came through, and by the way, not even just Maryland guys, guys that never even went to Maryland, they just happened to be from this area that have gotten hooked up with Matt Swope, when all of these guys are telling you about somebody, I would have thought that at some point a major league team would have stepped in and said, hey, you want to be our uh, like hitting coordinator? Does that sound interesting to you? So that's the good news for Maryland baseball is that they do have uh, a very, very well thought of internal candidate, and Matt Swope takes over as head coach. And so you hope, you know, it, you hope that it's funny how they've lost two coaches previously and been able to sustain the turnaround of the program anyway you would hope that that would continue and that maybe even at an even higher level with someone that cares so deeply about this place in Matt Swope. So, um, again, I'm not trying to pretend like it's not a bummer. I'm not trying to pretend like, you know, it's not disappointing to lose a head coach. Just you feel strongly about the guy that's going to take over the job as Matt Swope will become the next Maryland baseball coach. And then obviously the big story last night, the Denver Nuggets win the NBA championship in what was one of the worst basketball games that we have seen in a while. No, it wasn't defense. It was just missed shots. 1980s basketball. It was not 1980s basketball. It was just missed shots. It was just – and in a way I was bummed because, you know, I've talked about how much I like Jimmy Butler and for him to go out as sad as he did at the end. Like he started to come back to life for a second. You were like, oh, there's playoff Jimmy. We're going to get one more uh, playoff Jimmy and then just throwing the ball away, jacking up threes. Like, even even the foul call was embarrassing because it definitely should not have been a foul call. He was definitely kicking his leg out looking for a call. So that was that was a bummer seeing playoff Jimmy go out sad. Like, that part I didn't like so much. I definitely – it's funny because you would say, hey, it's only a five-game series. We kind of would have liked more basketball unless it was going to be that basketball. <laughs> Because if we were going to get more of that basketball, I'm okay with this series just going ahead and ending. Like, that was brutal. 
You can't even make your free throws. That felt like a night where the Nuggets, the number 16 was wearing on them. When people say, hey, you know, it's always tough. It's always tougher to get that 16th. Like the first 15 are easier than the 16th. And you're like, okay, Chief, sure. They're up 3-1 in the series. They're the better team. That felt like that last night. It felt like a night where the moment was getting to them. And Michael Malone uh, referenced that during his in-game interview. Like, look, we're tight. We're we're tight. And, you know, these. I think there was only one guy on the roster that ever won a championship before. So you can understand why a group of guys who had never won a championship might be tight trying to close out the series at home in front of their fans. Ultimately, in the end, they made just enough plays and the Heat, just never figured anything out. Like it was, it, it, again, it's a it's a bummer that it wasn't a better series. It's a bummer that you know the playoff Jimmy thing never really extended into the finals. And kind of after Game Three of the Eastern Conference Finals, the playoff Jimmy thing died. You know, like we didn't really see any more of playoff Jimmy at that point, which stinks because he was really entertaining and fun and a, maybe the best thing about these playoffs in the on the whole. Um, you know, I think a lot of people enjoyed Nikola Jokic being so indifferent after winning the title. We did it. Yeah, like, <laughs> now we can go home. And then in the press conference, they asked him about the parade, and he's like, <laughs> when's the parade? Th- no, Thursday. No, I need to go home. <laughs> like, it's too far away. Like, God, I love that. And with the champagne, too, like, he, did you see him spraying the champagne? He was like... They, like, handed him a bottle, and they were like, come on, Nicole, yeah. like, you gotta do it. And he just took it and was just like... And just like right. put a little bit in there <laughs> right. and, uh, and then put it back down. Well, I did enjoy um, him throwing Jamal Murray into the pool afterwards. Yeah, like that was a little more emotion. And, and seeing that relationship between the two of them, like a lot of times you know about players' close relationships. I don't know that we've known. There's been a lot made about the relationship between Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, but they've been together for a long time. And to see them have... That type of moment, I think, was kind of neat. Like for you to understand a little bit more about their relationship and how important they are to each other. Obviously, Jokic got all of the attention for good reason. He's you know the best player in the NBA at the moment. But Jamal Murray is ever like in fact in these playoffs, I think was at least as critical of a storyline in the Nuggets finally getting over the hump and not being the team that always because we all know the direct comparison is when Jamal Murray's been hurt, the Nuggets have done nothing have been worthless in the playoffs so it was neat to see that relationship obviously there's the local connection with michael malone and being a loyal alum i had it's so funny because we just talked to him a couple weeks ago i had somehow forgotten that drew nicholas was their director of college or director of scouting for the nuggets so former terp drew nicholas uh gets a ring out of this not that you know I, like I, I think he just took the job in September or something like that. So it's no, not he like he found Jokic, right? It's not <laughs> like he scouted the guys that were the central <laughs> parts. I don't think he's had a draft yet, so I'm not really sure what he was scouting. But he'll get to wear a ring no matter what. It, that's the way it goes. I guess we should probably reach out to him. Okay. He's my guy. But like, it is a little bit awkward. Hey, uh, what did you do? <laughs> and he might be. It might not just be college scouting. It might be that he's you know scouting other guys. But I'm pretty sure when he took the job, the roster was mostly intact i'm not sure i'm not sure i don't want to disparage drew nicholas that's my buddy i love that guy and he's obviously a maryland legend um but look it, you know a neat story obviously a neat story of a franchise that and it's a fan base that had to wait 50 years and finally got to the finals and now gets to win their title and i think is a 
I, I, one of the things I said about this finals to begin with was that the, the star players were both so likable that it was kind of a win-win no matter what happened here. There was nothing not to like. There was nobody that you were rooting against. I still get sick of seeing the owners be the ones handed the trophies at the end of, like, Stan Kroenke, the guy that, that, that ripped the football team out of St. Louis. Like, I'm... I don't really feel good for that guy. But there's nobody really that matters that was unlikable. Jokic is so likable. Butler is so likable. You know, the respect that I've grown to have for Eric Spolstra is almost overwhelming at this point. Like, there was just so many likable figures involved with these finals that it was it was kind of a can't lose. And, you know... As a sports fan, you like seeing other teams. You like seeing something new. You get sick of the same teams always winning. I don't I don't hate the Warriors by any stretch of the imagination. I'm largely indifferent, and I find Steph Curry to be entertaining, but, you know, they've won plenty. I, I liked seeing somebody else win and a neat story. And I do think that if the Nuggets can keep, like, they're going to lose Bruce Brown for sure. Bruce Brown priced himself into getting real money in free agency but they keep the majority of the nucleus together and Jamal Murray can stay healthy moving forward. There's every reason to believe that Nuggets will be in the mix for the next couple of titles. And Michael Malone alluded to that after the game last night. So, you know, not a whole lot else more to say. Congratulations to the Nuggets. On the whole, I thought the playoffs were pretty good. The finals clearly were not, you know, they, they left a lot to be desired, but the Nuggets are very deserving champions. I saw somebody trying to discredit them because they like, they beat, very few teams have ever had to beat two eight seeds and a seven seed in the playoffs. It was what did it eight? I'm trying to remember. What it was like eight five seven something like that. It was like because the Lakers were six, right? Six. Okay. Then yeah. who did they beat? They beat Before the Suns. That. The Suns it, were the three, I guess, weren't they? Were they the three or the four? Were they, just, they were the, the five. They were the no. The Suns had the home court and oh, the Clippers okay, series. So they had to be the four. Yeah. So like you know, people have tried eight, to discredit four, eight four six eight. Okay, like. The teams won the series in order to get there. My God, don't try to take anything away from the Nuggets. Very deserving NBA champions. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I was at the game Saturday with my kids, and it was great to see... This man, back in Baltimore, throwing out the first pitch. It's a pleasure for us to welcome in Orioles legend, Orioles Hall of Famer, El Presidente, Dennis Martinez, is back with us now here on GCR. Dennis, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's so great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us. Oh, thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate it that you have me on your program. Oh, man, it's so good to talk to you. Dennis, when you come back here, it's you know it's obviously been a long time at this point. But you know that there have been some tough times for the Orioles in recent years. To see that crowd on Saturday and how electric it is and how much excitement there is surrounding this franchise right now, what did that mean to you to be back and experience that? It was a great experience. I never saw what I saw that day. And not even about the ovation that I received because I was kind of shocked and the way that is, people still remember, you know, uh, our time and my name and who I was, I never, I never expect anything like it. But it was 
emotional uh, from from my point of view, and and I really appreciate our defense, the recognition, and, and the welcome they gave me uh, that uh, Saturday. I, I, I was I was so impressed, uh, but mainly I was I, I was impressed the way that I saw the Orioles play. Hmm. I mean, I see that hungerness, that desire to win, to prove who they are, and that remind me. When we were young too, I mean, early in our career, that we were able to, we would like to see and show the fans the appreciation of the fans because the fans they were behind us then, they were supporting us big time, and the reason was because we were winning. So that's what I saw that day Saturday. I saw that the people they on the stadium, they on the seat because the team winning because they see the passion, they see the desire from those kids that they want to win. And I was really impressed for a lot of good players that we have. So I think we have a pretty good shot for this year. And I hope, I hope that they will continue that way and stay healthy because that will be the only way they're going to do it. Well, I, you know, it's a couple of things you bring up. Like that first inning catch from Santander on Saturday was something else, right? Like that was pretty remarkable in right field. And then Frazier made a really nice play. I, I think what you saw is what we're feeling about this team. Like there's something it's almost difficult to define because it's not like they're loaded with superstar players. Right now, only Adley Rutschman is a leading vote-getter or any even anywhere close to a leading vote-getter in all-star voting. This is not a, a team that has been built with a lot of money and superstars, and yet here they are with the third-best record in baseball. And I think what you're saying is what we see all the time. It's it, You can't define it statistically. There just seems to be something special about this group of guys and their desire to win, right? Well, I was I was able to talk to the manager Hyde and then uh, Gonzalez, the third base coach, and Hernandez. I think he's doing a hell of a job with the infielder, or working with the infielder. And uh, so, in the front line, that was the only uh, guy that I saw, and I was able to talk to them. And I kind of chat with them a little bit, you know, and, and let them know what I, you know, what I was hearing because I wasn't sure if it was true or was what was going on until mm-hmm. that day that I was impersonating myself and saw that game the way they were playing. So, uh, and, they, uh, and, I, and I believe that they, they have a hell of a job. I congratulate them because it takes a lot of work from their part toward the players. And it, look, it feels like a family. And I think Hyde's been doing that, putting everybody together. And that's what it takes. I mean, you know, when you have, when you have a manager that you can trust, and also from the manager point of view, you can you have a manager that trusts your player, and it's both ways. It's both way, you know. It's both way trusting. And I think I saw that. I, 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 I and when I was, I was sitting right at the outside of the dugout, talking to them, and when the player was coming in, and he was able to let this player know who I was. And then some of those, some of them, they say, "Hi, Mr. Martinez." I mean, you can sense, you can feel how appreciative they were to see me at least, to know who I was. That's cool. And especially that kid, that kid left in the picture that he was a, it's not a big guy. I mean, everybody was big by him. Uh, what was a Perez? I think that was the last name was. Uh, left in the picture, that they, a reliever. Uh, uh, if, if you can remember. It was Cena Perez, yes, of course. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, and I said, wait a minute, are you a, I almost offend him too. Was saying that. I didn't know he was a pitcher, right? So, he came through and, and, and they tell me this is Perez and I, oh okay. So I bet you uh, you are pretty fast. I bet you 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 know you, you are a infielder. I go, Oh no, I'm a pitcher left 
oh boy, and then I went, okay, let me tell you, I believe that you must be one of those lefties that you go in any, any way, any way you can to get those lefties out. Yeah, because that's right. your job. Yep, yep. You got to come in, my man. I know that you have the, the heart and the desire to do it because you, you don't have to be too big to do it. And I bet you that you are, you have that. So I could, I can see the eyes and that kid after, after, you know, after, after I talked to him, knowing that I say he was so bad when I say he was a filter. But then when I find out he was a preacher, I, I share with him that. And he was, you know, I can see like, oh, he, he's right. That's what I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and see the rest of the guy, man. I talked to McCann, the catcher. Mm-hmm. I was inside the dog guy. And I kind of asked some questions to him. I said, hey, man, you are a real big boy. You know what? <laughs> I would love to. I would love to pitch a, a guy like you. You know why? I said, because you, have, you can begin a big frame. You can be able to do what I, what I would like you to do to help me to pitch a great game. And, uh, and he said, well, that's, that's what I'm figuring out with this guy. We have a good camaraderie. We have a good communication. And I say, hey, and help those kids. I see you have a good knowledge. You demand that you can make this thing happen. But don't forget that we as a preacher, we have the ball in our hand. And don't feel bad, I say, if we shake you up once in a while. It's not against you, it's not against that we don't believe you. It's because we want to throw a pitch with the desire and the determination that we get somebody out, that guy and that out with that pitch. That doesn't mean that you're not calling the right pitch. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. No, that means that he say, and you know what he told me? Hey, Mr. Martinez, you know what? That's exactly what I tell the pitchers. Mm. I say, hey, guys, mm. I'm not the one there that have to pull the sign and you have to throw that pitch. You just throw the pitch that you want to throw because you will make the best pitch out of yourself because that baby will come with conviction. I say, you see, we're in the right space. So as long as you do that, you, we're going to be okay. So that guy, he went even bigger. <laughs> looked to be bigger after after we have those videos. Cool. So that's, that was really great to find out the mindset about this kid. And they serious. That That's kid, really cool. again, it's something special. Hey, he is Dennis Martinez, Orioles Hall of Famer. He is with us here on GCR. Dennis, um, obviously part of uh, you being here, it's a reminder we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Series title for the Orioles this season. And I, I wonder for you, you know, like as as we as you approach that number and you think back on it, like clearly winning a championship is a big deal. But we know, like in your legendary career, it was ironically, you know, like not not your best season, right? Like there was a lot going on. How do you reflect upon 1983, which is such a magical year for everybody here in Baltimore, and and clearly winning a championship matters. Like how what how does it ring to you when you think back on 1983, knowing what you were going through in your own life and your battles and your struggles, and yet still you know there's a ring that says you were a part of a championship team. Hey man, that was the best thing that happened to me. Believe it or not, that year 1983, and that's the way I look at it, the positive way. I never look at it the negative way because everything is positive. You know, and, and and at least that's the way I think. So uh, that means that he wake me up. He mm. wake me up for the best, for the best of me, for the best of my career, for the best 
of my family and for the best of my relationship with God. So it was a spiritual awakening that happened to me that year and every way. And it was magical because it worked. We was able to come through and win the World Series without me participating there. But it was, it was something meaningful for that, that transformed my life and my career after that season that it got me going. So I'm really grateful for that happened. Wow. I'm, I'm really cheering like, like I was a big part of that because I was in somehow, some way, maybe a spiritual, I was maybe, I was being, you know, like, I, I don't know, maybe a redeeming or foolish. I don't know what it was, but I was, that made me even stronger, I guess. Can, can, to be able to, can, can I can I can happen. I define that, Dennis, a little bit more? Like only because I, I for people that don't know the story, of course you 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 know you alcoholism was real for I'm, you. I'm, yeah, can, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell yeah I'm gonna tell a little bit because sure. yeah definitely you know the people have, the people have to know that I was getting to the, the into a drinking problem that I had and that was the worst year in baseball. If you look at all my numbers, yeah, that was that was like a, like a flip side. It was like most of my year was 16 wins, seven losses. You know, 14 win, five losses, or, or 10 losses, whatever it was, but I always was in the winning column. So that year, it was the other way around. It was seven win and 16 losses, mm-hmm. or, or six win and 17 losses, something like that. So that proved that I was doing something wrong. That it was, it, it was not physically because I was healthy, but it was mentally. That was the, the big part. That's why every the sport and everything, the mental part is the most important thing. So, my drinking started getting a little worse, and then uh, I was able to, you know, that that that, that, that figure it out to find out that I was getting too deeper into that, and and re- and the way that it happened, it, like I say, it was like awakening, and that happened afterward, and that it didn't happen during the season. It had it happened afterward after we won the World Series because that happened in December, and no, it happened in November, and then I went through the rehab. And December twenty third, one day before Christmas. I mean, you know, been going through that process that I went through. Hey, that was something that I realized that, that it happened for the best. Wow! But you know, like I say, like I say, uh, it, 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 it was great. It was good because I enjoyed it. Maybe that was the last time that I participated in celebrating with alcohol in my mouth and hmm. my system, because after that, I've been clean. I've been sober, so I haven't had a dream since then. So that's the remarkable part of this process. That he, I'm really grateful for that, and I really sharing that ring for the rest of my life because it means that to me. That's the World Series champion that we that year, man. That was my life changing. I, I want to say, you know, congratulations on the 40-year anniversary of the World Series, but I guess we should really be saying congratulations on approaching 40 years of sobriety. That's that's amazing. I mean, that's an unbelievable accomplishment. Thank you, sir. I like that. You know, it never came through my mind until you mentioned it right now. Wow. But it is. Yes. You're awesome, man. So you see the number. I don't know. For some reason, the number been after me, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you another thing that happened. That when I went to Cleveland, right? Yeah. So I was forty-one. I was forty-one years old, twenty-three years old with Cleveland, and I did happen that I beat Randy Johnson to go to the World Series, and the Indian has to wait forty-one years to be able to be in another World Series. And and, and look at me. And, and there were people. They they people. They go by numbers, right? And they say, "Wow, look at this." 
we have to wait 41 years to go again in another World Series. And look at who put us in the World Series, mm. being Randy Johnson. All men, 41 years old, man, Dennis Martin. So that went along with that. Cool. And the other one, the other thing was that Baltimore and Cleveland, after I retired, you know, after finishing my last year then, they gave me a big uh, frame with a lot of balls. And there were 32 balls in there. So that was the 32 win that I won those three years there. And that was my number. That's cool. So, I mean, oh, it, that's it, cool. I, 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 I see a lot of different things, man, that, I, that I, it, it meant to be somehow, some way. But let's go back to talk to the Orioles because I'm really, I'm really excited about this year. For we this love year. And I guess, and I guess, and I guess, but don't forget, though, that you always might need somebody at the end because I felt that the front office, they, have, they, they, they might be aware, and I hope they keep eye on it, and they have to do the last part yep. to make that happen. Yep. So the player, they, they really do it. They're willing to do it. They're good at it. They're they going for it, but it's always have to be a little bit, a little kicker in the back at the end, or because I think they're going to need a one solid star there. It doesn't mean that what they have it is good enough to do it. Yep. But it will be even better to have one number one guy there somehow. And there's a lot of team I have somebody available there to get it, to bring there, to make that stuff real comfortable. And maybe, and maybe, I'm not sure because I didn't see all the relievers that I know that I need to see there, but maybe a little help as and uh, and the, the bullpen. Well, yeah, because you... what I saw in the light, yeah, what I saw in the lineup, man, those left-handed hitters. I don't know if I would, <laughs> I would like to face them. <laughs> I tell you, the two guys they have at the back end of the bullpen have been really. You didn't get thankfully the uh, the, the the game ended up being a little bit of a blowout on Saturday, so you didn't have to see. Uh, Cano and Batista at the back end of the bullpen. But, man, those guys have been unbelievable this season. Right now, Felix Batista is damn near unhittable. But we strongly agree, Dennis, about the need to add in one more starting pitcher, just one more top-of-the-rotation type of guy uh, like the Astros did a few years ago with Justin Verlander to really put them over the hump. We, we agree strongly that that could end up being the difference for this Orioles team. Um, Dennis Martinez, I, I want to thank you for taking the time, but more than that, I want to thank you for being willing to remind everybody about your story. Cause I'm guessing that someone in our listening audience needed to hear your story this morning and what you've been through. And the fact that you're so open about it, as we reflect 40 years later, I, I I'm going to guess that you impacted someone today. That's going to do something to help their life because of your willingness to share it again. Um, it, it was so wonderful to see you. And to, to see the way that Orioles fans responded to you in a packed stadium on Saturday, I'm hoping when you talk about the playoffs, we'll have you back here again come playoff time to celebrate one more, and maybe we can end this 40-year drought in Baltimore and get another World Series title before all said and done. Hey, man, you know, the, the, I think um, to me, I mean, it would be real nice. To and I'm willing. That's what we are for. I mean, I mean, I don't understand. And 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 I I would love to see more all time involved yeah. in the organization. Yes, participate in the community. We would love to be part of that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, oh. that's that's the tradition you got to bring to the people. It's, it's something. I mean, the Yankees doing it. The Dodgers. There's a lot of organizations they doing it. I mean, I don't know. My, the Orioles might do. I I haven't heard anything, but I hope they they, they do that because there's nothing wrong against 
what I'm doing for this organization now. I want to be part of this because I'm the one that I'm putting this together. Or do I do this? No, no. It's the it's the tradition that it come way before. No question. What is happening now? Yeah. So you you it was really great to have a camaraderie in that direction. It's not mean that we have to go there and show the kids what they need to do. Or no, no. <laughs> we would like to share with them our experience. I hope we hope and what we went through or what we did just for them to keep their mind sane and go forward. Well, we, go, give it everything you got, boy, because we don't know if we have anything tomorrow. We are strongly in favor of that, man. I think it would be a wonderful thing, and I'm going to remind Bill Stecka how badly you want to be around, and I'm sure that will be music to his ears uh, when he hears it. Uh, my friend, it, it's just so great to hear your voice. Thank you for spending some time with us this morning. We'd love to catch up again real soon, all right? Thank you, my man. Take care. Good luck. We're going to be there. Yeah, man. Let's go O's. Let's go O's. Let's go O's. I love it. Dennis Martinez. Man, he's fired up. What a story, Dennis Martinez. And appreciate him being willing to reflect. And I didn't, you know, he and I had never talked about 1983 before, but it seemed appropriate with this being the 40th anniversary um, and for him to so openly speak about his own demons and what he went through. I, I really appreciate that because it was you know, maybe the wor- the lowest moment for Dennis Martinez in his professional career as the Orioles are winning a World Series. It's a very difficult, you know, juxtaposition that those two things occurred at the exact same time. And yet, you know, the way that when he looks at that ring, he sees 40 years of sobriety. And it's like, wow, that is that is powerful. And we all know that Dennis Martinez, unfortunately, after he moved on to Montreal, but Dennis Martinez was able to regain that form and continue what was an unbelievable career after he left Baltimore. Um, Powerful story. Appreciate him spending some time talking about it. Can we grab a break? Yes. Let's do that. The Orioles right now are getting ready to face the Toronto Blue Jays, and that always gives us a great excuse to catch up with our guy, Caleb Joseph, who's not – we had Dan Duquette on last week, but Caleb Joseph does a better Dan Duquette than Dan Duquette does, frankly. Um, we'll catch up with Caleb next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR. Thanks again to El Presidente Dennis Martinez for joining us this morning. Two days left, today and tomorrow, and then that's it for you to sign up to win four tickets to all of the area minor league baseball teams, plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around. But after tomorrow, it's a speak now, forever hold your peace situation. Gone. Gone, daddy, gone. If you missed, it's not because we didn't warn you. We've been telling you about it twice a day for the last month. That's it. Today, tomorrow, and then never again. So get to PressBoxOnline.com slash contests right now in order to sign up. You must be 18 or older in order to enter. If you're not, then just, you know, find somebody in your immediate vicinity who is 18 or older and have them help you sign up, or they, they would sign up, I guess, on your behalf. You're going to get four tickets to all the games. You can take whoever you want to take. If you're already signed up yourself, maybe your wife, your girlfriend, both, Whoever it is, get them signed up because Wednesday is the final day. Pressboxonline.com slash contests, again, is the website for you to get in. All right. Orioles-Blue Jays, game one of a three-game set coming up tonight at Camden Yards. Dean Kramer on the mound against Chris Bassett. Every time the Orioles face the Blue Jays, it is a great excuse for us to catch up. With our next guest, he is, of course, a former Orioles catcher, Blue Jays broadcaster, Dan Duquette impersonator. He is our friend Caleb Joseph, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Caleb, it's Glenn. What's going on, brother? Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Um, dude, I had Dan on last week, and all I could think about the entire time was how much better you are at doing Dan Duquette than he is at doing Dan <laughs> Duquette. Um, That's wild great. Part. Um, you know, you and I talked about the last time the Orioles played the Blue Jays, and obviously that was a very good weekend for the Orioles. And, and it was we were talking sort of about like what's been off. I, I've seen that the Blue Jays seem like they're starting to turn the corner, and maybe turning the corner is unfair because in any other division, the Blue Jays would probably be in pretty good shape. But, you know, they, they take three out of four from the Astros. They sweep the Mets. I know they, you know they lost the series this weekend. But are you starting to see the Blue Jays kind of get into the mode of what we thought they were going to be as truly a top contender to win this division before the season? Uh, great question. I think there's a lot of people in Toronto that are trying to figure that out as well. We have seen this team go 9-2 and two and then in the snap of a finger go 2-9 and nine very, very quickly. And they're, they're a bit of a tough team to figure out. I think their biggest problem for me so far, Glenn, is runners in scoring position. They've gotten more opportunities this year than in years past, but they just haven't been able to convert. Uh, it's been a big issue offensively, where they haven't been able to really bust out of a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of beginnings, create some big innings with the big hit, and 
that to me is kind of what is really hindering them right now. They obviously have lost Alec Manoa down yeah. to the yeah. uh, training complex league, whatever it's called. It used to be called the Gulf Coast League when I played. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously gone. But the, the, the trio of Bassett, of Gosman and Barrios, they have pitched very, very well. So in his absence, they've, uh, they've continued to keep the line moving. This is a very interesting team, though, because everybody expected this team to be at the top or very, very near the top, and they're just not, they're just not there. And I think it speaks to their inability to, uh, to continue these 9-2 and two runs, but I think it also speaks to the level of play that the AL East is bringing out. I mean, the Orioles are for real. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays are absolutely for real. The Yankees aren't going anywhere. And this is just a very, very, very difficult, very difficult division. Ironically, the Rays ran into the buzzsaw that is the Oakland Athletics last night, which is very <laughs> funny at this point. Let me, you know, when you obviously Manoa is such a huge storyline. Can you, Caleb, explain to people, you know, that we're not paying attention to what's going on with the Blue Jays every day. And sure. so this sounds obviously, you know, almost cataclysmic when we hear about the story. What actually has gone on? With Manoa, and and what is the hope for for to be figured out as this was the step that they took in trying to deal with it? Yeah, he he started off the season very very rough, really really rough outing in St. Louis right out the gate, and just could not figure it out. He had twelve starts, I believe, maybe thirteen, and out of those thirteen starts, there was only two that I thought were were decent. Outside of that, it was an absolute struggle. He could not find the zone. The slider was his best out pitch. He, he just couldn't figure out how to get it to the same spot that he was throwing it to last year. He, it, they were non-competitive. They were balls out of the hand. A lot of the metrics, when you look at his stuff, metrically speaking, they're pretty, pretty similar in terms of break, in terms of release point, in terms of miles per hour. Yes, the miles per hour have been down just a little bit, but not a guy going from 97 to 90. Um, and so they, he, he was struggling trying to figure out why, why am I getting hit? Why am I, why am I not throwing it by guys? And, and four or five starts into that, once you have that sort of mindset and you can't figure out why you're not getting the swing and miss and you're not getting the weak contact, then you lose all confidence. And once you lose all all bit of confidence at the big league level. It is very, very, very difficult to try and A, compete, but B, trying to figure it out at that level. Very, very tough. So before you knew it, the or uh, not the, the Blue Jays ace, you know, the, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's really, really struggling. I mean, this guy is, is coming in with uh, Cy Young Award votes, and then before you know it, seven, eight starts in, it, everybody just feels terrible for the guy, and he can't figure it out. So Blue Jays had to make a decision, and they just couldn't keep running him out there for not only his own confidence, but the team's confidence. And they ended up sending him down to figure out biomechanically, make sure, you know, the complex that they have down there that is really, really good at that stuff to figure out if there's something that they're missing mechanical okay. that's not allowing that late finish. But it's been a struggle for him uh, this entire season. He is Caleb Joseph. He's with us here on GCR as we get ready for Orioles Blue Jays this week. Caleb, if I could compare it, it's not, you know, obviously it's not nearly the same because Grayson Rodriguez has not had the success that Manoa has had. And I don't, 
I don't even know that he was as much of a mess as Manoa was. And in fact, the start that you saw of Grayson Rodriguez in Toronto was maybe his best start in the big leagues. And at the moment, we down here were thinking that might have been the turnaround moment for Grayson Rodriguez. And then one start later, you know, it was such a mess that he had to be sent sure. back down. What did you see that day from Grayson? Like, what what did you think was working? And I know that you probably have not seen much of his other starts and, and the days that it wasn't working. But what did you think just of the talent, if he can sort of get it all figured out and get back up here again? Yeah, it looked nice. The this stuff looked explosive. It looked lively. You can always tell what the stuff looks like and plays like just easily by watching the major league hitters and their responses. If you see guys that are constantly late, if you see guys that look uncomfortable, that's what I saw. I saw a guy, that, a, a, a big guy, that gets down the mound that creates some uncomfortability in terms of where he releases it, how far the extension is, the uniqueness of the windup, the explosiveness of the fastball. I, I talked to a, a, a couple guys after asking, hey, what do you got on that guy? And they said, he, he gave us some cookies yesterday, but he, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. And that's a good sign for Oriole fans. I, I like the changeup. I thought it was a, a nice pitch. It's, it's for me, when I watched him, it was hard, harder, hardest, and even harder, if that's even possible. And you talk about speed differential and separation, and um, I, I love the guys that can pull it. They can pull it back 10, 15 miles an hour difference off of a fastball to a changeup, or even a fastball to a breaking ball. And um, maybe you know, maybe my mind is is losing it here, but I, I felt like the changeup could could get hard at times in that kind of even in that 90 range. Okay. And um, when you don't have that type of separation, it's 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 a little bit difficult. But I thought I thought overall his presentation was really good. I thought he did give up. Uh, I think it was a like a solo homer to somebody, and he got right back on the horse and got right back in the zone. That's always a good sign. Is uh, not 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 afraid of contact. And I thought Idley did a nice job working with him. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a tough tough job. It's a tough job to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues as a youngster on a team that's winning and is expecting to win. If this was the Orioles of two years ago, they just probably would let him go out no matter what, right. and it didn't matter. But this team's expecting to win, and that's a, that's a good sign for Baltimore fans. Oh, there's no question that that's. And by the way, it's the standard that we're holding to. Like you know, even a Ryan Mountcastle, who a couple years ago you would have had a long leash with because of the power, and sure. now. You know, you're getting to a point where you're like, okay, the power's the power's cool, but you, you can't have this many empty at bats. Like, I mean, that's we're talking about trying to put together a championship caliber roster right now, and you know, just the fact that you're able to run one out probably won't be enough. I, I want to go. You mentioned Adley a second ago, Caleb. I was wondering if I could get your perspective on. Um, it, it has been almost, I don't know, impossible is the wrong word, but to the standard with Adley Rutschman. You know, he has struggled a bit more with trying to throw out base runners this season. And part of that is the the long delivery of a few of these Orioles pitchers. There's no doubt. But I'm wondering if what you've seen just with the rules changes this year and less engagements, if you've noticed that it might be more difficult in general for catchers to try to throw runners out because it's harder to keep runners on first base at this point. Yeah, a lot of it is due to the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of the pitcher, yeah. to be honest with you. This is a problem in Toronto, and hopefully I'm not letting the cat out of the bag. 
but they've had some issues with base running and controlling the the running game. Did you hear and that? Everybody was running tonight. Adley's running. Everybody's yeah, running tonight. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Track meet. <laughs> Track meet. Uh, and a lot of it is is there's just nothing you can do sometimes as a catcher if you if you're not given a chance. And Mike Petriello, uh, yeah, MLB mm-hmm. Network contributor, they're, they're doing some really cool work in the. Uh, I think it's percentages that that catchers should throw out. Um, kind of like projecting if it was really the catcher's fault or the pitcher's fault. I've found some of his work to be fascinating in that I knew as a catcher there were times when. I had the ball. I, you know, you, you're the plays in front of you. You're the ball's coming. You see the guy at first base take off. As you're receiving the ball, there's just a point on the field where you know, as you're receiving the ball, I, I, he's there at that point. I don't really have a chance. Like I have no shot. Or as you're receiving the ball, you 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 see him a little bit further back, more towards first base. I can't explain it. It's just a spot on the field where you know, oh man, I have a chance. Like I'm gonna throw that guy out. And I think that's what Petriello has been able to do is is considering the the jump, the sprint speed, the lead, the time plate, they're able to give the the fan a, a pretty decent look at how how relatively successful that that player should be. Okay. Forty percent chance. It's it's something to look at because I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to I find it, it. Yeah. Yeah. When I looked at it with the Jays catchers, it made a lot more sense because they were making some pretty decent throws and it just felt like they had no shot my eye test was saying man this is all on the pitcher uh but yeah a lot of it with the clock and the timing these runners are now understanding how to manipulate knowing they're taking a 50 50 it gets down to three two one on the clock they're gonna they know they're probably not gonna come over they're trying to get into patterns and once you know if you if you can see a guy getting into a certain pattern with that clock you can time him up easily which creates a better jump and yes I, I absolutely think all of these rules have had worked in creating some more stolen bases and I think it's great for the game I think it's really really good for the game agree hot strong agree I think it's awesome because it's exciting and I it this is why I love the extra inning rule too Caleb like I I I, I didn't love the everybody stand around and wait for a home run to be hit part of baseball I right. like action in baseball uh before i let you go can, can you make sense of how a team and you were not on the team in 2012 but you were in the system so you saw it of course when like you could just bring up a, a lou ford could show up and all of a sudden that guy's <laughs> gonna perform right um what the Orioles yeah. are doing right now where it's it's not necessary it's cedric mullins is hurt and they're still aaron hicks is performing after he had been written off ryan o'hearn is performing Josh Lester, who is in no ways seemingly a Major League Baseball player, is performing. Sure. Is there something about a, a team, a system? Is Can there be just a special sauce? Not where, like I'm suggesting there's hubris, just hand me anything. Like, hand me Glenn Clark and you can win with that. Um, but, like, <laughs> can you define how a team can do this where it's it, there is no sense to guys like this finding success at the Major League level right now? I, I think there's something to it if there was an actual equation to figure it out. I think there'd be some really rich people out there because they'd, they'd be sharing that for the highest bidder. But, yeah, I, I've been on teams where certain guys did not perform well on certain clubs and they get sent over and something about the, the moxie of the club, the dynamic of 
the team, their role, the expectations, just change of scenery. I mean, you, you got a guy like Aaron Hicks over there. He, he, this guy's a pretty decent player and just went to New York and couldn't figure it out. Like, just could not figure out how to get it out. And you look at him physically, still in pretty decent shape, and maybe just a change of scenery mm-hmm. really shot, was a shot in the arm to him. I know there were some people in Toronto that wanted to take a look at him because you have this sense that, you know, take a flyer. And if it doesn't work out, then you can part ways very easily and it's no big deal. And that's, that's the luxury of being able to go on some of these waiver claims, uh, hitting on some cert- targeting certain free agents is that you can, you can move on quickly if, if it doesn't work out. And that's, yeah, there was a bunch of teams in Baltimore that we had guys like that that hit, like a Nate McLeod. Remember him? Right, he right. kind of came over from Pittsburgh and, and goodness, like resurrected his career. It was awesome um, to watch. And yes, it happens quite a bit. And you know what? You, sometimes you need that. You need some of those surprises in a season that maybe there wasn't the greatest expectations. It's these type of surprises that just make you think that, man, maybe there's something to the season. Maybe there's something special going on. I knew I felt that way in 14. Yeah. Uh, just stuff happened our way, right? And it seems like, yes, you talk about O'Hearn. I mean, that guy, yeah, massive power. And, I mean, he he's, he won a game against uh, – Yep, yep. Like the three-run homer and, changed everything, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, single won a game. And, and if, you get, if you get four or five performances like that from guys you didn't expect, four or five games could be playoffs, not playoffs, division – could be massive in this division and to get contributions from guys like that that you weren't counting on back in uh, spring training is is huge you in uh, baltimore or are you back in toronto for this week i'm actually back in nashville i'm back oh, at home. You're home i'm, I'm cool. here for these here for these three and then i go back to toronto for uh for the next uh next four enjoy enjoy a couple days back at home caleb joseph always appreciate you brother thank you for spending a few minutes with us we always love doing this dude Yep, you got it. Take it easy. It's Caleb Joseph with us here on GCR. Is it ready for Orioles, Blue Jays this week? Appreciate him taking the time. And, yeah, I mean, that game in Toronto when the Orioles were down, they were dead, dead. And it was O'Hearn with two runners on base. And you're like, I don't know, maybe. Off of Jordan Romano. Man, <laughs> go figure. I did pull up the stat that he's talking about, caught stealing above average. It's not it, – it doesn't give Adley a, you know – doesn't like boost. I, I gotta, I gotta learn more about all these numbers on caught ceiling above average. But essentially, what I'm understanding, it his score is zero. <laughs> so they're not. I don't. It doesn't seem like they're excusing him on. It's all on the pitchers. Um, but I don't know if it's a simplistic. What I'm trying to figure out the stat is is what they're saying just that he hasn't thrown anybody out that he was not expected to throw out because that really doesn't define like whose fault it is in the situations where he hasn't thrown someone out um i i i gotta i gotta learn more about this statistic but i found the statistic at baseball savant uh, caught stealing above average and elias diaz connor wong gabriel moreno and sean murphy are the guys at the top um moreno and diaz have thrown out six above average uh, Wong and Murphy have thrown out five above average. And Austin wins, ironically. <laughs> Former Orioles farman and briefly, he was at the Major League team briefly, yeah, right? Austin wins has thrown out three. I don't even know who Austin wins is playing for that he's on this list, if I'm being honest with you. 
Um, he's not with the Giants still, is he? Uh, maybe. McCann even has one. He's registered one caught stealing above average. He's on the Rockies. Austin Wynn. Who knew? And no, uh, what was was he in a uh, in a trade or did the Orioles just they just gave up on him, right? Or Let's I don't see. remember. Yeah, We're spending way more time talking about Austin Wins than his one. He went to the Mexican League after his time with the Orioles in 2020. And there you go. There you go. Reclamation project after that. Uh, he, sorry, he did. He was on the team in 2021. He just, I make sure I get yeah, he just right elected here. free agency. He was just yeah. gone. Like they didn't. He was not involved in any sort of deal. He was just gone. All right, very good. Uh, into hour number two, I believe we have to make another call. In hour number two of today's program, today's show, also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it, Stan, Luke, and Ross Grimsley got together last night talking some baseball. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports is how you find it. Click on the videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video in order to see it. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson talking baseball. Still to come this morning, Jackson Holiday will join us, the number two overall prospect in all of baseball. We will catch up with uh, Jackson Holiday, who has just been lighting the world on fire since he was called up. And even before, when he was at Delmarva, he was lighting the world on fire. But that has continued since he was called up to Aberdeen and appears to be on the direct path. Um, Baseball America is who I'm referring to that had him as their number two overall prospect in all of baseball. As we were chatting with Carlos Colazo yesterday and still to come this morning, we will try the, uh, the pineapple with Old Bay and do the uh, Carson Weekly Life Hack as well. But before we do any of that, a historic moment this weekend up in New York, as our next guest became the first ever female trainer to win a Triple Crown race when Arcangelo won the Belmont Stakes. It is a pleasure for us to welcome into GCR Jenna Antonucci, who is with us now here on the program. Jenna, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's an honor to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on a historic victory. Hey, Glenn, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I know it's been a couple of days. I don't know. like, ha- Have you had a chance to just sort of sit down and like really reflect on, oh, my God, this is real, this has actually happened, <laughs> and this is who I am now for the rest of my life? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's all a thing. Apparently, we did a thing on Saturday. And, um, it, um, it's been amazing. And I'm just, again, just so immensely grateful for so much positiveness and great energy and, and honestly been so well received by, you know, racing and beyond that it's um, nothing that I take lightly and I'm so so thankful for everybody. Jenna, I think everybody has seen the video of you watching the race <laughs> on Saturday. I think it's it's one of our favorite things. How much in that can you define for me how much in that moment is it just as simple as I'm a trainer excited about my horse winning a race, you know, particularly a really big race versus how much of it for you is the emotion of knowing the history that you're making in that moment. Like how much of each of those things are we seeing come out right there? Honestly, like, cause I, I had to figure out, cause I was like, Oh my God, that's almost embarrassing. That's a lot going on, Jenna. <laughs> and then, um, I had to kind of go back in my mind and, um, pinpoint where that was in the race. And that's actually when we were able to come up the rail, which was not what we thought was going to be. And so my pause in the beginning of that was the, Oh crap, that rail is going to open and we're going to be able to go through there. And so my pause of the, oh, my God, is that's the moment of, mm. 
that's happening. Because obviously you, the three hole, we, we thought we'd probably be two paths the whole way around kind of thing. No one ever wants to get buried on the rail. You know, we've all yep. gotten beat because we couldn't get around traffic. And so for him to kind of take the short trip there, but also the, the rail was pretty dead all day. You know, there wasn't a dirt race a couple hours before this race. And so I think he had to do a little bit of extra work and, and navigating the rail for, for quite some time. And then for it just to pan out how it did coming for home and everybody knows the enormity of that racetrack and how long that drive is, but Javier in the high had, you know, and, and John Everett had talked about, listen, we want to get a jump on him. We know we have a, an amazing sustained run from this Colt and let's, they're going to have to catch us. So for him to essentially be able to cut the corner, whether the rail is dead or not is, you know, kind of secondary to that and then start to go. That was the, it was the, in the, my reaction is the, in the moment, yeah. um, I'm not a one to say, if I do this, there'll be historic, this, there'll be that. That's just, just not how I'm personally wired. And so if we continue to steward the best we can for this horse accomplishments, my accomplishments on my resume will be the benefactor and of his amazingness. And so my psychoticness coming down the stretch was just (laughs) it all coming together and just so proud of, of the Colt and, and the trip and him just being just who he is um, as an individual. I want to make sure that's very clear. That's Jenna saying psychoticness, not Glenn Clark saying My psychoticness. Psycho- no, yeah. I fully <laughs> see the video, and I'm like, that's a lot. But, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter if it's this race or any race. We're pretty enthusiastic when they're running hard down the stretch. Oh, no, no doubt. just giving you everything they have. Oh, it's the best. America's Best Racing has done such a great job. We were talking to uh, the Ramiro Restrepo about it a couple weeks. I mean, it's just all of those videos. Ah, I could I could watch them all day. They're so exciting and that was so cool. Um Jen Antonucci is with us again Arcangelo the Belmont champion. Jenna, did you know after the Peter Pan? Like did did you in your mind say I genuinely believe we have the opportunity to do this? No. Not not in the, I think in the context that you're asking it. I mean it was a we wanted him to come out of that race get himself back together. You know, he's in a very expressive communicating kind of horse. So um, we were really just trying to make sure we gave him the breathing room he needed to make sure we were ready. You know, I, again, stewarding the best decisions. I'm not a, one that wants to, okay, th- there's this race. We have to be aimed for it and be ready. He needs to be in the right space. You know, we'll back into breeze dates and this and that when he starts, you know, bouncing and, and doing all the things he's supposed to do. But you know, we came out of Peter Pan, obviously, you know, there's a stake schedule for a reason. And, um, it was our, the number one on the, on the radar of, Hey, is, if this spot makes sense and mm-hmm. sure there are plenty of, you know, you want to go a mile and an eighth to a mile and a half, first time, two turns, have you lost your mind? And it's like, <laughs> well, that's wonderful, but, um, it, we'll see how he does it. And honestly, a mile and a half might be a, for a horse that has a stamina pedigree, maybe the most, um, favorable for for him going the first time two turns because you're not demanding such a snappy speed and pace and you know smaller field because it's nine instead of 12 or more so some of those things were all part of our decision making of you know obviously came together to be such a amazing race with such amazing um three-year-olds and I think you know sometimes the Belmont had been viewed as one that could come up a little bit light if there's such a thing as a light grade one and um, that definitely didn't happen this year. 
I, I, I might be forcing something here. So you're gonna, maybe you're going to laugh and say, I, no, I don't feel it at all. But I, I couldn't help it. There was such a celebration of Secretariat this weekend, with it being mm-hmm. the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. of the Belmont win. And so much of Secretariat's story is surrounds Penny Chenery, right? Like that I, oh, she, she was mm-hmm. such a figure. Not She wasn't the, I want to make it very clear, like I'm not trying to draw a parallel, but I, in, in becoming the first female to win as a trainer a Triple Crown race on the 50th anniversary of a weekend that was so important to an important female figure in horse racing history, did you feel mm-hmm. any connection? Did that matter to you in any way this weekend? I think one of the biggest parallels that I could draw um, with Mrs. Chenery was just she believed in her horse. Yeah. And it's sometimes that simple. And um, I had observed some synergies kind of through the through the week leading up to it with just little a little bump here and a little bump there where it was like, Ooh, wow, there's a lot of little things just kind of falling in place. And, um, you know, obviously, John's um, stable name is Blue Rose hmm. Farm. And um, the, the colors of secretariat, you know, being blue and white, we drew the number three, which was blue. Um, the meaning of what a blue rose is, you know, just the unattainable. And so just, there was just some really interesting, beautiful kismet type things that, um, I appreciated kind of through the week that were just personal, very personal to me. Um, but I think more than anything, you know, Julie Crone, her 30th, Mm -hmm. um, anniversary. So I you know, as far as maybe the universe giving us a little kick in the butt to um, lean into some of these amazing women that, you know, did far more than I had to do before 2023. Um, but if anything, um, Mrs. Chenery just was an advocate for her horse, didn't get bullied and, and knocked around and, and stayed her course and, and, and just, again, stewarded Secretariat through his, his career. I'm so glad that, that you didn't just laugh at me when I asked that. I'm so glad that there was actually <laughs> something there. You uh, gotta believe. You gotta believe in something, right? I I love that, <laughs> Jenna. Having a few days now to reflect and, and beyond just winning the race and what it means for the horse, the the historic part of it. Have Have you been able to fully grasp that side of it and what no. it means for? No. Okay. All right. I, I appreciate that. Like, no, and it's 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 a a part of it that I know it's. I'm okay with dreaming and I'm okay with um, pushing hard and trying to accomplish, but I think it's super important to set goals that are personal for yourself and, and for each person that's trying to accomplish whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. So it's um, I'm getting it. Um, You know, we, with doing some of the amazing opportunities in the last, you know, day and a half um, there's been a handful of complete strangers women, we, you know, happened across two ladies this morning from Sweden who looked and was like, wait a second, you're the, hold on. And they were like, they were tearing up. And so from that point of view, um, I'm wrapping my head around still what it means to other women, um, because I'm just doing, I'm a doer. And so to, to see it touch people that aren't in our industry and that it, it means something to them that I don't fully grasp yet is that part honestly is probably the most um, profound for me. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool to hear. And, and could you tell me a little bit about, you know, you're, 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 you're getting to this point in your path. I know Wayne was such a huge part of it and I've, I've covered enough races over the years to hear everybody call him coach. Um, and I, I just, can you tell me what, how, how were you able to get to this place in your career to have these types of horses 
and the chances to win races like the Belmonts? Um, I think the best part that I got out of from Wayne's program is that I wasn't at the racetrack um, and that we were in a farm environment and breaking and developing. And, you know, what Wayne Lucas has done for our industry with putting out um, the expectation of excellence um, is, is invaluable, you know, and the amount of phenomenal horsemen that have touched his program or come out of his, out of his program is, is real. And, you know, his program that was at Padua at the time had that as a foundation. And so I had my own set of horse skills that I had developed through my life into my early twenties at that point. And then really my first full submersive part of the thoroughbred industry being under that structure and that attention to the detail and why it mattered. Um, and then watching other horsemen once I shifted more and, and I'm a bit detail oriented, saying that a bit sarcastically (laughs) because I'm extremely, that's just part of who I am and and making sure we're crossing and dotting and doing everything that we're supposed to do. And, um, so I think just having that reassurance of do it right and, uh, put your best foot forward and horse first and watching amazing horsemen on mostly, obviously my career has been on the East coast. And so being able to watch, I'm, I'm a big student of observation and watching other people's programs and how people handle themselves good and bad, by the way, not just, oh, mm. they've done everything right. Mm. You know, watching what doesn't work yeah. or how someone doesn't handle themselves the right way and why that doesn't resonate well. But just being a student of observation and just trying to, you know, you just store little nuggets along your journey and um, having that first imprint of the training and racing side from from Wayne's program was invaluable. And then evolving through my career of from reproductive work veterinary work, uh, rehabilitation, aftercare, and all of those pieces, I think, help make you make better decisions and help you to make sure that we continue to be horse first. We are so blessed to do what we do. Um, This is an absolute gift to train racehorses for a living. I don't ever lose sight of that. And it's really trying to make sure we stay focused on doing that and making the best possible decisions we can for the time that we have with these horses in our hands. Um, you're resonating that the making your own table. I can see how it's resonating with an entire country right now. Um, I, I, what I can say is congratulations on making that table, Jenna. And selfishly, we're going to root like hell for you to have a horse in Baltimore next year. That would be great uh, for us <laughs> if it were to work out that way. Uh, congratulations. An amazing moment. Uh, thank you for taking the time for us and celebrating it with us. Thank you for your well wishes. I appreciate it. It's Jenna Antonucci, the trainer of Arcangelo, Belmont champion, first ever female trainer to win a Triple Crown race. Uh, remarkable story. Appreciate her taking the time for us this morning. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for like one more day. There it is, the Pipeline Primer issue. And it's ironic that the guy that's on the cover is Jackson Holiday. Go get it before it's gone because it's going to be gone by Thursday. It'll be gone. So go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you can find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. And joining us now here on GCR, number two overall prospect in all of baseball, a man that has been tearing the cover off the ball in Aberdeen, 344, 479, 1056. How's that sound to you? He is 
Orioles top prospect Jackson Holiday, and he is with us now here on GCR. Jackson, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up again, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, dude, I, I know this is going to sound like a dumb question, but why is this so easy for you? <laughs> like, why is it that you have had absolutely no issue whatsoever at such a young age transitioning to pro ball and jumping up a step? Um, it hasn't been easy, but uh, I've been able to, to have some pretty good uh, success here lately. But uh, I think just being able to challenge myself each day and, and be around a bunch of really good guys that, that want to better themselves. So uh, we, we challenge each other every day and um we, we practice hard and it's able to, to carry over into the game and um, the coaching staff has done a done a great job of helping me understand um what to do and um just having a plan and i've been able to execute it the numbers are are eye-catching and we see the individual performances you know you maybe would have had the cycle had it not been for rain the two home run games what is it that you're most proud of jackson what, what is the maybe the progression in your game, in as we have to remind ourselves, your first full season of pro ball that you've been most proud of during the course of the, the start of this year? Um, so far, I think it's kind of learning how to fail. I feel like I've done a, a pretty good job of um, turning around whenever I have a bad game and being able to put together a good one um, pretty close after that. So uh, just being able to, to stay as, as steady as possible because obviously baseball is extremely hard and um you have bad games so being able to turn that around pretty fast is something that that i try to do and i feel like i've done a pretty good job at it's hard for us to even pinpoint when you've had bad games but i understand what you're saying at this point um the 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 spotlight right like we're talking to to max costas a couple weeks ago who is one of our guys and we love and and you everywhere you go you're you're the rock star right like you're the guy everybody wants an autograph from how you're you're not you're a kid like how have you been able to handle all of that is it fun for you that type is that part of it where you have to learn to enjoy that and not see it as an obligation or as an amount of pressure yeah it's cool to see uh all like the little kids especially up here in in Aberdeen with the Cal Ripken tournament being right here it's it's cool to see all the kids that that come out to the game and, and want your autographs so it's pretty neat to me. I remember when I was that age and wanted to get um, big leaguers autographs. So uh, it's it's pretty cool to, to see and, and to be a part of. And um, yeah, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it to an extent, and um, it's pretty cool. I hear that to an extent. By the way, I, I don't doubt that at some point it's like, okay, all right, I, I I've been doing this for ten minutes. Yeah. I gotta I gotta worry about baseball at some point. But I I feel like it almost has to require that, right? Like, because it's not going to go away. Obviously, like you, yeah, yeah, you, you kind of have to learn to appreciate that part of it, and maybe I don't know, accept it as um, you know, not an obligation as much as it's uh, an opportunity, right? Maybe is that the way to look at it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you wanna you wanna make a good impression on on the fans, and and I, I like to play a certain way, and hopefully that uh, hopefully kids will watch me play and, and want to play the game the right way. So that's kind of how I, how I go about it. And um, growing up in the clubhouse, uh, I watched my dad and, and lots of big leaguers mm-hmm. handle, handle autographs, and I kind of want to go go about it that way as well. So uh, I appreciate all, all the fans and, and everything that they do for us. So I want to treat them the right way. He is Jackson Holiday. He is with us here on GCR. Jackson, I remember when we chatted last year, you were talking about you know some of the guys that you've had the opportunity to work with over the years. It was funny because 
Um, Ryan Spielborgs was in town doing an Orioles game for Apple recently, and mm-hmm. we were talking to him about like babysitting you when you were younger, and you know being around you so much. Have you, have those opportunities continued? Like, did you spend time this off season with you know like anyone in particular that that you know, helped as you continue to develop and grow your game? Um, Cody Bellinger got to come and and stay with with us, and and he came and hit down hit with my dad. That's not a bad one. So, no, no, he came and hang out for for a few days and um one of my buddies was was in town and uh he plays for for the red sox organization and we were just asking him a bunch of questions because obviously he had such a such a great run and um we were we asked a bunch of questions about that and kind of their organization and it was really neat to hear some of the things that that he had to say and um it was it was a really neat experience for me um obviously he was still like struggling at that point, but you could just see how much he loved loved the game, and it was really cool to to watch for sure. So that was one that that came down this off season, and um, yeah, who knows? The iron, got some, got yeah. More next off. I mean, it's it's cool. It's as we talked about before. It's not something that everybody gets the opportunity to do clearly, mm-hmm. and and now you got a you got a brother who gets to say I get to work with Jackson Holiday every day. Yeah, they get, yep. Yep. I I hear he's pretty good, by the way. He is. They uh they just got in town, so uh, that's he's, cool. Uh, he's going to get to watch a few games and then head on to the summer circuit again. That's awesome, man. Uh, the Ironbirds are back home this weekend, and a great chance for you to get out and see Jackson and see the young Orioles prospects. Friday night, uh, post-game fireworks, Saturday fireworks as well, teacher appreciation night on Saturday, a big Father's Day celebration as well, including a best mustache contest, which I would have zero chance of winning, uh, plus a post-game dads run the bases event. You can find out more uh, about what's going on as you check out the Ironbirds on social media. Um, Jackson, I, a lot of people talk about, you know, like we're getting carried away around here. We're like, man, maybe he could be here by next year. I, I wonder how much you think about, like, timelines. Are you Do you separate yourself from that entirely? Do you have goals in front of you? Like, I'd like to be at this level by this point. I'd like to be – how do you approach – you know the day, the, the the macro versus the micro, the day by day, but also the big picture goals that you have for yourself. Yeah, I just I just try to to be day to day. Obviously, I have goals and and I would like to 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 reach them. And um, I think a good goal is to be in double A by by the end of the year, and then the next two levels the next year. So that's that's kind of my goal. But definitely, just taking it day by day is, has helped me get to to the point where I'm at now. And um, just trying to give him no reason to to keep me here. So uh, I, mean, I, I love the guys in Aberdeen, but right. uh, I obviously I want to I want to be a big leaguer. So I'm trying to to make it up as fast as possible. You you know it, as you say that, it, do you feel like you are you know like it, do you carry that type of confidence about yourself that there isn't something that you wouldn't be ready for? Right when you say I want to be in Double A, but like do you feel that in yourself? Like I'm. I don't care how old I am. I've been around this game my entire life. I feel like I'd be ready for that if that opportunity comes in the next couple of weeks or months. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I've done a good job, and I feel like the the coaches around me have done a have done a great job of setting me up to to be ready for that level. And um, yeah, honestly, I do I do feel ready. And obviously, it'll be more difficult than, than high A, but uh, it doesn't like a challenge. So uh, it's it's something that that I'm trying to work towards and um, just uh, it's all part of a plan you mix you've mixed in a little bit of second base this year um so let's go twofold one 
how how good you feel about the shortstop that you have played this season. And is the second base their idea? Is it is it something that you want to do to just you know it, it can't hurt to even be more, more versatile, even if you know you're the guy that's thought of to be a you know, big league shortstop. What's the second base thing been all about? Um, I think it's just given um, more opportunities for guys to, to play other positions. Okay. And um, it's important in the organization to be able to play lots of positions. So uh, I play shortstop, I think, five times a week, and then second base the, the, the other day, I guess. So, uh, yeah, just being able to, to play multiple positions is, is very important. And um, second base is a pretty simple one to – to have as your secondary so uh, I feel very comfortable there I feel very comfortable at shortstop but uh, any way that, that I can help the team win is what, what I'm there for all right the important stuff you've been here for a little while now how much have you like become entrenched in the seafood culture in the state of Maryland um honestly not that not that much uh <sighs> not as much as I would like to be okay but, uh, all right we can accept I've that heard, I've heard good things yeah yeah I, I enjoy seafood so See, it would have been really hurt fish if- and, and crabs if you had said like, "Dude, I, I'm I'm never gonna eat that type," it would have been really tough for us. Like, I'm sure you understand. No, no, that, that's that, not it. <laughs> it's just that you haven't had the same opportunities, and what we're saying is we got to change mm-hmm. that. We got to get you hooked yeah, up. I need, yeah, exactly. I need I need some suggestions. Okay, we're gonna. I tell you what, I'm gonna get you in touch with our guys from Costas to to try to get you some stuff like that. That we okay. will make that happen because that needs to happen. Have you had a moment yet where someone's been excited about meeting you or t- like I when it comes to kids or fans that's one thing, but like someone in the game that's been like excited about seeing you or talking to you that like it's hit you like oh my god, this person thinks it's cool to be talking to me. Like have you had a moment like that so far? Um not not really. I've had a few guys come up to me and um, so they enjoyed looking at my numbers and what I did the night before, but uh, not 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 yet. Um, I've had some cool moments where I'm like, this is pretty cool to be on the same field as some of these guys that I've watched on Instagram and on TV for for a while. So uh, it's it's been pretty cool to play against okay. some guys like Spencer Jones and some of these uh, top prospects that, that you watch play in college. So uh, it's been pretty cool. What about the other – is there anybody – I think about how many – again, we talk about all the opportunities that you had and being around, you know, superstar players at a young age. Is there anyone still that, like, you meet where you have any – like, I don't know if fanboy is the right word, but, like, there's a moment of, wow, like, this is cool for me, or is it just sort of so normal for you because you've just been around, you know, some of the greatest players in the history of the game for your entire life? Um, I wouldn't say meeting, meeting him. I think Derek Jeter might be the only person that I've ever met that I was like, wow, that's pretty, pretty cool. Okay. But, uh, being able to, to share a field with, with some of the guys that were on the Blue Jays, like Bob Bichette and yeah. some of these, George Springer, some of these guys that you watch and, um, like grew up watching on TV and, and George Springer hit all his homers in the postseason. Then you're playing shortstop while they're hitting and he hits a homer. Like that, that was really cool for me and um yeah spring training was really neat to just share the field with some of these guys that that you've been watching on tv and even even my dad's played against so that, that was pretty cool have you had the opportunity to spend any time with cal yet i have not i have not met him yet you gotta make so, that uh, happen looking forward to, to the day yep oh, man you're playing on his field we gotta have that happen at some point i remember you saying like that you thought that was kind of like a lot of people would be scared of 
playing the position of a legendary player in Baltimore, but you were kind of like embracing of that, right? Like it's it's cool to you to be the guy following in the lineage of a Cal Ripken being a shortstop in Baltimore. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, it's kind of an honor to to be able to share the the same position even. But uh, yeah, I I got to play in this tournament whenever I was a little kid, and now all these kids are are playing in in the tournament up here. So it's kind of kind of full circle for me it's pretty it's pretty cool to see you already saw it happening when you were drafted but the way that it has sustained what the Orioles have done in this turnaround like how much does that fortify your energy your excitement that it's not just that you were the number one pick or that you're in a good place but like there's legitimately a path that perhaps you guys could be winning a world series in the next couple of years yeah it, it is really awesome to to be able to, to finish our game and and look at the MLB app and see that the that they won again. So uh, it, it's really neat to, to see, and um, it's awesome to follow some of these guys that, that I got to be with during big league training and um, see what Gunner's been doing the past month. Yeah. It's, been, it's been pretty awesome to see him turn things around, and he, he's a very talented player, and it's really cool to, to just see all the guys like Joey and whenever they get called up, and uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun for, for me to watch. What did you think of that home run the other day, by the way? Like, my God, I mean, <laughs> that's one of the most majestic things I've ever seen. Yeah, that that was that was pretty unbelievable. I think, I think by the end of his career, he'll definitely hit the warehouse. Bro, so, uh, he's oh, that would be pretty neat. It'd be one of the most electric moments ever if it were to happen. And, yeah. Oh God, that would be cool. And then that uh, was the one. That was the one. He just needed to pull a little bit more. Right? Like it would have been there. It, it, oh, you're so right about that. The distance, obviously. You know, like if it's just a little mm-hmm. bit further, just a bit further to the right, that's there. It's it's gone. Yep. I mean, it was like thirty feet further than where the warehouse is down the line. So, I oh, know uh, that would have been that would have been pretty oh, pretty amazing. Would have been r- righteous if that were to occur. What is uh, the hair update? Where where are you at? Like where where are, like as a, when you're playing versus not playing? Like what is the uh, like a length that you're comfortable with, or that maybe even I don't know if it's a Samson thing. Like you need your hair to be a certain length in order to feel the strength. No, I, I'd need a cut is what I need. <laughs> it's, it's getting long. I've been trying to make appointments, and uh, it's uh, it's getting a little out of hand. I need to get it back under control like I had during spring training. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty long right now. All right. I mean, it's I very long. I feel like people would almost be freaked out if they showed up and you didn't have that rocking, though. I know. Like, I, I know. Like... I got I to gotta keep it. Are you – okay, I, I promise we'll wrap with this. Are you a superstitious t- like base dude? Baseball players are the most superstitious athletes on the face of the planet, um, and you are kicking ass this season. Have you have you been a superstitious person? Have you adopted any superstitions because of the success that you've had? Where are you with all of that? Um, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious. Maybe. I have I have my routine. I have like certain things that I do in the cage and. Um, like that—that's kind of as far as I go. Is kind of having the same routine each and every day. But uh, no, no, I'm not really superstitious. But uh, maybe a little. I know guys that, that are. Yeah, maybe a little superstitious. Yeah. You ever seen The Office? Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. Uh, Jackson Holiday. I don't know what else there is, is there. What else there is to say other than maybe you can continue to kick ass like this for forever. Uh, it's an awful lot of fun to watch, and I know how exciting it's been for everybody to get up to Aberdeen to see you play. Uh, at J underscore Holiday 7 on Twitter, of course, at Jackson double underscore Holiday 7 on Instagram. Give him a follow. Jackson, appreciate you taking the time for us, man. I know you're in high demand. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Jackson Holiday with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time.
Uh, ironbirdsbaseball.com is the website. Again, they're back home this weekend. Weather's great. Jackson Holiday is a monster. Orioles are away this weekend. Seems like a pretty good weekend for you to get up to Aberdeen and check out the Ironbirds. Carson, you went up a couple weekends. I did. Ago, yeah, right? it, was, it was a great experience, and you can sit like really close for like twenty bucks. I, like, look, I, the Ironbirds have always been one of my favorite things to do. Like I, it's awesome. I've, I've gone to I don't know hundreds of Ironbirds games since they first arrived, um, and now, of course, then with them being like every, everything changed when they became the High A affiliate, and like that just made it all the more electric and exciting. No doubt. Um, but sitting out in the crab deck has been one of the great experiences in uh, local sports and with Jackson Holiday there right now it's a damn good time to go see them yeah we're lucky too because there's a lot of high a and you know just minor league in general stadiums that are you know not particularly nice but we're very lucky we oh, have a so very it's... very nice one so definitely go if you get the chance and it's a really really good time you can win four tickets to see the Ironbirds and all other of the area minor league baseball teams pressboxonline.com slash contest but that ends Tomorrow, final day of the contest tomorrow. Four tickets to all of the area minor league teams, plus a t- Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. Must be 18 or older, and again, it's important. The contest ends tomorrow. So get to pressboxonline.com contests right now in order to sign up. All right, when we come back in, we're life hacking it. And we're gonna try the so we're gonna we're gonna learn a new way to eat pineapple, which I'm intrigued by. It's I don't I struggle with whether it's life hack whether it's really improving my life versus just an alternative right like I mean if this works out I think it will I think it's changed it's lives. a fun way to eat pineapple though. I I, I it's hear a little fun size bite I just thing. when we when we define life hack what's is it really improving my life or just something different in my life that's all I'm I'm not I'm not but we're, we're variety gonna, is the spice of life first of all it's got to work <laughs> and I'm very nervous this is the first one we're doing it's got to work so we're gonna try it well, and then. Whether it works or not, we're going to try some uh, Old Bay Pineapple. That's on the way. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. 
Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. It's been a busy morning. Uh, thanks again to Caleb Joseph, Jenna Antonucci, and Jackson Holiday for joining us all in one segment. I don't think you're going to get that on the radio. I don't think that happens very frequently. Not that I hate the radio. I'm on the radio, too, so I, I, maybe I shouldn't go war radio. Um, but appreciate them all taking time for us this morning. Now, even better, even better than all of that. You say, how could it be better than that? Well, now we're going to try to improve your life. I don't know if we've decided on a name for this segment yet. It's never been discussed. We kind of, um, man. I know this is. The, the hack job. That's yeah. what we're gonna call it—the hack job. I'm trying to think of a play on Carson's name. I guess there's not. It's one. really, yeah, it's it's not your weekly hack job. Something yeah. like that was what we're gonna go with. I would like you know, I would like some imaging forward if we could work yeah. on that. I if can can we make that a priority this week? Sure, yeah. What what is I what is that response? Sorry. I asked for Griffin to yes, I yes. asked for Griffin to do his job, and he's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yes, I mean, you yeah, want yeah, me yeah. to I'll produce look, uh, the show? Really? Yeah. For F's sake. <laughs> I give up, man. Man, I don't know what that that was. That was alarming. <laughs> like, can can we can we maybe improve the program? Uh, do we have to? God, Carson Weekly every week this summer is going to attempt to show us some sort of life hack. Um, he will peruse the interwebs. And there are lots of Twitter accounts and YouTube accounts and TikTok accounts that are related to life hacks. And sometimes I see them and think to myself, eh, I'm not really sure if I qualify this as a life hack as much as it's just something. What was the one we were talking about with like... The shirt? Yeah, where it's like a lot of work. But I don't it saves know. money. I guess. We're I still going to have to disagree. I'll agree disagree. Yeah. What was the shirt thing? It, it, it makes you the shirt like, smaller? No, if you, if it's too, If you shrink it in the dryer on accident yeah, and you, you don't want to stretch it back you can stretch out. it out using conditioner. Uh, like It's an awful lot of work to just not get another shirt. Like, it feels like at some point you should just give up. So, Carson, this life hack. So we had decided we were going to do the uh, Old Bay and Pineapple bit. So I wanted it to be a pineapple-related life hack. So you, what what did you peruse and discover as so, far as a pineapple like? I actually found a relatively viral video, and yes. it's uh, it's and like you said, I wouldn't ask, I don't like it's a life hack, but like really, is it? So what you're supposed to do is mm -hmm. if you take the stem and you twist it off the pineapple, so it's just this bottom part right here. Okay. And I, I, how is the camera for this? Are we in? We want to yeah, make sure that we. And then you yeah, take okay. it 
and you like bang it on a surface a few times. I'm gonna use the stool. I don't want to mess this table up. You bang it on on a surface, and that's supposed to, I guess, like loosen it up a little bit in okay. there. And then you take it, you flip it on its side, and you roll it like a rolling pin for like you know 20 seconds or whatever. You're supposed to be able to take one of these little spines right here and pull it out. And just have like and a just little, have like a little bite-sized piece of. It's pineapple. like an hors d'oasive now, the Basically. way that you're, you're like you're... A, almost like a ring pop type situation. <laughs> okay, I like um, this. I'm in. I've seen it. I have seen these videos, and you know, it, it looks kind of neat. I saw I one of an old man doing it. Like, if that guy right. can do it, I, here's where I'm at. I don't know that I need this in my life. I don't know that this is definitively the way that I would choose to eat pineapple moving forward. I probably wouldn't either. But. I don't know. It does kind of look cool. I think one thing that it's very applicable to is like if you're trying to have a summer barbecue or something, yeah. it would be a pretty cool way to display the pineapple on a fruit plate. I don't know that I disagree with that. I think what I would say, though, is that like kind of the nice part about just cutting up a pineapple is it gets rid of all of the parts of the pineapple that you don't want to consume. Right now, here it's like eating a strawberry where you got to like bite all yeah, the way up to the end. Yeah, and get, you know, like, like you have to wrap your fingers around the, the stem so that like the strawberry pulls off the stem. In a right. Way. Um, I'm not opposed to trying it. I just don't know that it's going to be something I'm going to commit to after that. Are you yeah. nervous about whether or not it's going to work? All right. So I was 100% sure this was going to work. Yes. After the commercial break, or during the commercial break, I was pulling on one of these, and it just fell off. I'm now like 90% sure it's going to work. Mm. Mm. But let's, we might as well, let's get rolling. Okay, so step one is step one twisting is to the stem take off. this. I'm putting my hands now on the I, line for everyone, uh, by the way. Right, yeah, correct. This could so definitely ruin I your baseball career. There's no question about I it. You might never be the same after this moment. Didn't bring any gloves or anything. Twist it off. Like all right, so that, no, all right, no problem. That, that was stem twisted off. All right. Did you get all of the stem that you were supposed to get? I think so. I, I think mean, that's, I think like that's, right. that's that's flesh. Like yes. you could eat that. So I think I I think we're good so All far. right, so that's step one now, in this hat. Now I have to hit it against something. I'm gonna use the stool. I don't wanna hit this. Is that is the stool hard enough? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. wood. We oh, should be oh, all right. it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Very good. Now how many times do you have to hit it? Uh the 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 last lady that I saw, like the original viral video, she did it like five times. And does it matter which part of the pineapple you hit? The bottom. You gotta the go bottom boom, of boom. the pineapple. And then you roll is like what's this. supposed to loosen it up. Okay, interesting. All right, let's see. So he's gonna go five times. Four, five. Oh, he's going more. He won. That was for good measure. One for the road. Yeah. All right now. Okay. Okay. So, do you notice anything different about? Yeah. Should we put paper towels down or something yeah. in or this like, process? Maybe should I go get a plate or yeah, something? Yeah, I'll grab them. All right, Griffin's gonna go get paper. The actual towels. rolling of the pineapple shouldn't be a problem. Okay, so so how uh, wait, but before how good do you feel about the process? So I feel far? pretty good. You think that that shook up the pineapple the way that it needs to be shaken? There's a up. little bit of juice on there, so like I, I'm okay. actually, I'm 95 percent sure. It's all right, work now. all right. So now you roll the pineapple. How much? Uh, so she started doing it, and then she said you have to do it pretty hard. She did it back and forth, probably 10 times back. And wow. Forth. Okay. All right. Let's see. Oh, you're really you're getting in there. He's really pressing his hands down on this thing. This is like rolling out the cookie dough around Chris. Are you feeling? You're feeling. I'm, I'm you're, feeling some loose. You're feeling a uh, little little loose, like a long neck goose. Oh yeah, like girl, that. Flip it over and like. get the other side. All right, get the other side. All right, now this is the, this is the moment All of right. truth. You feel like you've rolled the pineapple enough. I, I'm I'm really pushing this thing. Okay. All right. So why don't we? Once you feel like you're there, why don't we put the pineapple on a plate, right? 
And now, are you supposed to stand it up? Oh boy, that's what I've seen. She in the had it on the side. Let's okay, stand it in the up. videos look- I've seen, because that's like the display part of it. In the videos I've seen, now you're going to pull a chunk of pineapple out, and how's it work? How's it going? Oh, this is not good. I, I'm rooting for it. I, this is not. It's, oh, it's, no. oh no! Don't oh, tell me. Hold no. Oh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna try no. a couple of different ones here. Oh no! <laughs> it took one life hack attempt for this to fail miserably. Okay. What? All right. All right. All right. Do you want to try to do anything in particular more? Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit <laughs> you it. You wanna bang it on the stool? I'm gonna bang a it a couple more. more times. And I'm gonna roll it again. God, this is gonna be. I somehow it's even better that it's failing. <laughs> somehow. It's even better that it doesn't work the way that everybody said it was going to work. He's noticing the juice on the stool and feeling like... What if I bang... Ooh, we're loose down here at the bottom. All right, but the, uh, is the problem that the, the little... What are, are these stems? Is that what they're called? What are these things called? They're weak. These little things are weak. Is that the, the issue? pines? Would you call them the pines? The pines? I, I've never... You I, call them spines. I like that. I think spines? I don't know. I don't know spines the, is the, the answer here. They're like a little... Uh, they're just not strong enough in order to be stem. able to... They're not... Erect at all? Yeah, and they're not erect. That is, you know, a lot of us have those problems. <laughs> Get to a certain age, as far as well, that, pineapple. That'll be, be the next life hack. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> the lady made it look so easy. This is uh, <laughs> this is well, a miserable failure. Do you need to like start from the top, or like, is there? She did one from the bottom. Oh, okay. oh, this one's a little more salad. Hold on, hold on, hold. On. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the King Arthur. Yeah, it's just. Oh, you think that somebody else has to pull the pineapple out? And you want to pull yeah, one out? It's yeah, the sword and the stone yeah, situation that we have going on, right? Like that only only one person is capable of pulling the sword out of the stone, and then they're the king. I think is how it works. This does not feel like a life hack. <laughs> this no, feels not. like I have been misled by the internet. Make, it's do we have a knife in there? Because worst case, we just cut. Well, it that's up what we're gonna have to do. It. Yeah. yeah, we're still gonna try. Should go get a knife real quick? Pineapple. Yeah. But I would like for it. To, I would like for us to try to see if we can make it work. I would love for this to work. you you seem more inclined to just bail and say it's not going to work, well, and we're zero for one at our attempt. Like Jimmy at Butler last life night with the three pointers, man. It's not a good night for old Jimmy Butler. The Nuggets behind yeah, for three yeah, from the first three You need a, like, I, I, okay, maybe we blame Safeway here. You think that this is Safeway's fault? Those it's are some of the, they're tell a me, fine establishment. Oh, a great establishment, but tell, those are weak spines. Maybe. They're not, they're, they're just, maybe. they're like wilted. I'm, I'm kind of with cars. It's a faulty pineapple. You think it's a faulty the spines pineapple? Are, you ever had a pineapple that's good and ripe and the spines, like, they would actually hurt? Like, notice how I just dug my hand into that thing and it didn't hurt at all. All right, I think that we, so this can still be good TikTok content, by the way, because you play somebody else's video and then mm-hmm. us failing miserably afterwards, like, you guys are liars. This does not work. So... Do you want to try banging it one more time? Do you want to... Sure, we can go around three. I mean, I would like... Wow, that's words that Mrs. Clark has never heard. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's give it one more try. At this point, I am fast asleep. All right, one more attempt. One more shot. All right, all right. What? I'm going to bang both sides. Both really sides of the pineapple. I've only done this end right here. All right, and you think that maybe that'll help in some way. It's worth a shot. All right, well, why not? Do you, maybe you need to wear... Protective gloves when you pull. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I'm trying to like, di- if I dig my fingernail in there. Do you need to check then, when you purchase the pineapple? Do you need to check the spines to see if they would be strong enough? Like, no. is there a way of knowing that? 
Are we just getting pineapple juice everywhere? This thing's just beat I mean, to hell least, at this at point. Least, at least pineapple smells good. I do love pineapple, but there, there's going to have to be a cleanup process here. Oh, yeah. Just... There's going to be some soap and water involved here. Uh, all right. One uh, more shot at it. What, didn't we have plates? Wasn't the point to not yeah. put this directly down on the table? Like, wasn't that part of what we were the, doing? The die's here? been cast <sighs> at this point. God's sake. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so bad. so sad. So bad. This is so sad. Like, All right, the should I go first get a one knife? we ever tried. Maybe we should have attempted yeah. this at home first to make sure it worked before we did it on. Yeah, it here. should have been a test well, pineapple. I mean, God, maybe we need to so buy two pineapples. There's 12 videos out there of pineapples working this way. I I hear you, but we don't know of all the videos of it not working. And if it's supposed to be a life hack, then we shouldn't be struggling this much. We I believe we've done everything correctly. Yeah, we we did we followed it to a T. All right. <laughs> well, this is a big fail. Yeah. Fail, this... fail, 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 fail. All right, go get a knife. All right. Go get a knife. We're gonna cut up that pineapple and try some pineapple with old day. I think it's Carson. You think it's can Carson? we just can we just be I mean, Like I think I think it's him. I don't think he's good enough at this. I think that. so so what do we say to him when he comes back? Well, I think maybe we have to fire him. Honestly, I don't think we have a choice. Do we do that when he comes back? Or well, no, I think we let the show because I still want to try the pineapple with the old day. Like I don't want him to take his pineapple. So after the show, yeah, exactly. So anyway, what we were talking about was the fact that uh, everything's going great. Yeah, it's uh, everything has gone really, really well here, and Carson is now going to attempt to carve a pineapple with a butter knife, and then we will attempt to uh, eat. I want to see how this works with you trying <laughs> to cut this pineapple. All right, hold on, hold on one sec. Because I made some progress on this little piece right here. I want to show you what it was supposed to look like. Okay. And I got this little piece like kind of going already. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I can pull it out. Uh, yes, by the way, Dave, I you know it, you did hear in there that Jackson Holiday, when he said the next two levels next year, he was talking about the major yes. league. Like that math works, but that would mean the major league level by next year, as many of us has brought, have brought up. And I don't know why we would think otherwise. Like why? What have we seen so far? I, that's why we keep asking the same question to the Jim Callis's, the Carlos Colazos of the world. Like, is it crazy? No, it's All not right, oh, it works. crazy. It's supposed to look like this. That's what a out. chunk of pineapple is supposed to be when you pull it from it's the, the from Maybe we missed. The ladies was a little bigger, but. So in these life yeah, hack videos. Yeah, that doesn't videos, really seem like. That just seems yeah, like an annoying. I mean, this is just annoyingly small. Yeah, that's so all that seems like. life hack videos, we're just missing a cut where they're they're off screen. They're cut, you're using a knife and right, covering right. it out. Right, and they're making and they're Honestly, like, like, that right would kind of yeah, make right. sense. All right, Griff, grab some paper towels. Yeah. We'll, we'll pass out some pineapple. Well, yeah, so we yeah. Let's, let's, let's cut out a little bit more pineapple so we can do some pineapple on all day. I prefer for mine to not have spine if possible, just so we can. Now I'm going to just do it normal. Yeah, I don't. If we're not going to do the life hack, then we kind of don't need the. What do you call that out, outer core of the pineapple? What is that? The, the uh, skin? The, the rind, yeah. Is it the rind? I don't. I, I never think of this. Is a fruit expert. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, well, I don't. He doesn't know either. He's just making. He's talking out of his ass. <laughs> like, no, it's definitely the rind. You don't know that. Find that out though. I want to be an expert by the time the end of the show is over. I want to be able to answer the question. And yes, John and Little Rock, undoubtedly, a Maryland baseball coach is going to go to Alabama. Like that's the, it, yeah, the run. It is the run. It is the run. Look at that. <laughs> I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the run, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt. Turn it inside out and find nothing but faith in nothing. Oh. Ooh, look at that. That is looks a, delicious. It is a meaty looking pineapple. I enjoy a meaty pineapple. Let me get on, let me get in on that bad boy and then smother it all in right. Old Bay and see how we feel about it. Hey, so, what? is the idea to totally cover it in Old Bay? Here's what no, I think we should I think do. We should I, I think you should give me two chunks, right? Okay. You want to cut that one? One will go light Old Bay on. There we go. 
and the other we go smothered in Old Bay, right? All like, right. that's the way to okay. do it. Because, yeah, like, yeah. you eat your corn smothered in Old Bay. Like, you're not doing yeah, light yeah, yeah. Old Bay on corn. But, you know, so I want to I want to kind of try both and see how it goes. Uh, how is this the pineapple? It's good pineapple. Okay. It's all pineapple. Good. Good pick, then. So Shame it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I made the shot this time, unlike yesterday when, good I, job. when I missed from three feet away like I was Jimmy Butler. It bounced around, like, Four times. God, too. it was sad to watch. It was disturbing to see it play out. Um, we're just sitting here waiting for Carson yeah. to carve up a pineapple um, right now. Yeah, should we, like, that's you, Griff. Right should we talk about like the Orioles or like? Well, I mean, we kind of covered that. Oh, I guess you'll do it in fighting words, but the tail female Lopez thing—I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, that is, female or tail one. Yeah. No, the fact that he said he's retired. Oh, really? That's what he said. All right. We're, we're you're the you're the fighting words guy. He's in the segment. Come on. You all right? Do you have two for yourself? All right, you have okay. You have two little chunks. All right. Yeah, I just so let's go. It was so then, easiest. sprinkle a little bit of Old Bay on one of them, and then smother the other one in Old Bay, like like absolutely kill it. All like right. just a light, a light sprinkling on one, right? And then the other one just absolutely. Oh, all right, know, all right, there we go. Like you're eating crabs on. Yeah, go to. That does shot too. Even his light sprinkling was healthy, which I appreciate. As Full a man, cup. a man who enjoys Old Bay. I don't really want to mess around with this. You said your father carries around. Yeah, it's on his, on his keychain. Chain. I love that. God, I love that. That Thank makes me so happy. Puts it All on right. everything: Chinese See, food and spaghetti and just everything. I'm telling you, we're gonna make this. We're gonna make this into a thing. We're gonna turn this into a, a TikTok show or something like that. Just trying random foods with Old Bay in the future. All right. You got it. Light, so light are, we going, are we going heavy or light first? You want to do light? You want right? to do light first? Yeah, sure. All right. Let's see. All right. Bottoms up. It's good. I like it. It absolutely is a thing. Unquestionably. I, mean, I would actually eat this again. Perfect. I, I'm not even going to. And, like, I'm a pineapple connoisseur. I love pineapple. The only problem with pineapple is, like, I, I like fruits where I don't have to go get a fork. And if you don't get a fork, you're inevitably going to have sticky-ass fingers, right? That's the only issue with pineapple, right? <laughs> but in general, love pineapple. That improves pineapple. That's That's really good. Phenomenal. I mean, that's phenomenal. Did you take some pictures, by the way? Uh, I'll take one right now. Like, take picture of the smothered Old Bay on pineapple, please, so that we can share these out today. So hang on. Before we, uh, we douse that. I was just examining Let's it. Let's grade the lightly sprinkled on, on a scale of um, 1 to 10. Uh, 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 congratulations to Drew Nicholas on winning an NBA title. How many congratulations to Drew Nicholas on winning an NBA title do you give that? Well, if I give regular pineapple, probably like a almost regular a pineapple is eight damn near. I'm, I'm giving yeah. regular pineapple like an eight point eight out of ten. I mean, the regular pineapple is damn near so that's, flawless. That's probably nine three. It's unbelievable how that actually like genuinely improves pineapple. It's really good. It's incredible. I think that's a nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, I'll go even. I'll go at nine eight. Like that's that's like, incredible. All right, now this is the smothered in Old Bay. This is like the real test. Should by the way keep keep. Like you want to get it all sort of like, oh, yeah. like roll that in there. All, all right. sides. All right. Smothered in Old Bay pineapple. Here's the swimming with bow legged women. All right, too much. <laughs> too much. Okay, that was a I mean it's still fine, but too much. It was just a yes, lot. It's, yeah. it's too much. That's that a is. that's that's a six. We had to do that though. Too much. No, it's you exactly know, we had to do We that. smothered those pop darts in Old Bay and it worked. Mm-hmm. We had to do both ways. Yeah. I'm not. So, final grades. The life hack, zero. <laughs> <laughs> the life hack did not work. It is no life hack. 
It's nothing. That's like 10 minutes we're never getting it was, back. It was a borderline life hack to begin with. Like, it was a... Oh, God. Way too much. <laughs> Way too, too much. much of the old man. <laughs> it's a sentence I've never said in my life. <laughs> much like uh, Mrs. Clark saying round three. You're just uh, <laughs> never said that in my life before. You're just a little, you're just a little out, out of shape. Uh, just a little out of shape. You need to, you know... Get more I definitely put at least that much old bay on my corn, and it and it works better together. It's like got it, the butter mixed in too on the corn. I, though. You know, it's, here's a wild card. I don't use butter when I put old bay on my corn. Really? I That's don't. good. It's wow. just old bay on the corn. I, I I think if you have to put butter on your corn, you need better corn. I'm gonna be honest with you. The corn should be sweet enough that like you shouldn't be putting butter on it. I, if you think that it's a vehicle for the old bay, dude, just keep rolling it in the old bay. <laughs> You're gonna get plenty of old bay. Yes, there'll be more on the plate. I understand that. It's a fair point. But keep rolling it on the old bay. You just lift the corn like a popsicle, don't you? And you're just looking. <laughs> I don't do that. No. Don't do that. Just eat the corn. And then I ask for another ear of corn. And then I ask for another ear of corn. And then I ask for another ear of corn. Um, so the life hacks is zero. Lightly sprinkled old bay on pineapple. Unbelievable. I mean, absolutely. My God. Make that part of your summer. Strongly sprinkled old bay on pineapple. Eh, try, try it. Try it. Probably not the plan. We didn't expect that one to work, though. No, we just needed to do it. We, we had to we had it. to do that. All right. Have you thought about your next life hack attempt? Um. <laughs> so there's a few that I like saw. I've I've probably like there's probably been like eight or nine of them, that, but the only problem is is that not all of them are easy to demonstrate. That's the here. problem. You have to find one that... I found work. some great ones on, like, I found a really great way to store your t-shirts and stuff in, like, a drawer, but, like, that just has no application for bring in here. a drawer, I guess. You could take a <laughs> right, drawer but, out of your dresser so, and bring it in. You know, I, I'll find a good one, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of them that I found that have been like, right, dang, that's I, actually I, really I, great. I, 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 like, the answer is it. no. Is That's a long way of saying no. It's a long-winded way of saying no. Yeah, I don't got one yet. It's like when I watch a movie and all I think, think, think to myself is, so nothing then. <laughs> that's what you had to say. It was nothing. It's a long way of saying no. No problem, but we need one for next Tuesday. All right? Yeah. We need I also there was one show that and was, tell uh, life hack. There was one that I saw that was, it's uh, also food related. Probably one that works. Yeah, there was one that I saw that was food related that I thought was uh kind of interesting okay but i don't know if we want to do food again but we'll, we'll keep not, that a whatever, surprise whatever works yeah. i would just like to, to attempt it's hot cheeto related like I, it would actually be pretty good i think is it hot cheeto and what was it that um old bay on hot cheeto? no 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 we we had a hot cheeto it was hot cheeto and cream cheese i believe oh was, well oh yeah that's the cardi b snack right or is that what it was I, that it wasn't was, that but uh, our, our our former intern papa cass told us once that that was like her snack of choice oh. hmm. And brought it in, Cheeto and, che- Cheeto and, and, cream cheese? and we were like, no, no way. And then we tried it, and we were like, okay, there's something there. That's not nothing. Uh, speaking of food-related issues, uh, RDT has told me that he is now available between 10 and noon on weekdays. Oh. It might require you being the one to make the prison pizza, right? Oh. And it's a complicated okay. process, but I feel like you would have fun with it. Like, I feel like you would be the person that could enjoy it. Okay. Um, it starts with a bag of onions and kind of goes from there. Oh, is that where you could like crush up ramen and like you have all, to, and like you have the to sausage take, and all that stuff? You have to take anything that you could get at a prison commissary in order to make the prison pizza, and it's it heated up. It, yeah. do, it doesn't look pleasant. Um, it's like a brick because right? well, like you have brick. to create the you have to create the crust out of 
something that you can get in the commissary. And I believe the one that we found was a Funyuns-based crust. Like... So it might require you to do that, but so, I so think bake so crush up some funyuns. Yeah, and then what? Like funyuns. it's a whole thing. A little bit of water, you make a little. And dough. then it's it's like what again? It was <sighs> I, I'll find the video again. There was like a, a chick that had been in prison that like did the video, and we were gonna base it off of that. And it was just all over the place. It was like peanuts, pickles. It was like anything that you could Ugh. get, Ugh. cracker jacks that you could put on a well, prison. Peanuts, well, peanuts and pickles alone. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to it. So I do think we need to coordinate with RDT, and if you can do that, okay, like that, then we'll make that work because he was the one that was supposed to eat it. I did also notice he shared yesterday on Twitter someone's doing a bit where they take two hash browns from McDonald's and put McFlurry between the hash browns to create a play on an ice cream sandwich. I would eat that. And I feel like we should make that a bet. Okay. I, like, mean, I don't want to try that because I don't. I, mean, well, I have not. My these, I try for free. These, yeah, I'm not against it either. I, again, I'm not. Sounds delicious. All right, talk to RDT. happened in front of me. Talk like. to RDT. All right, talk to him. Because maybe we'll do it on a Tuesday. We can like send Carson out to McDonald's during the show to get because the McFlurry, you know, like would have to be like recent. Fresh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, in sure. Order for it to work. Yeah. So, but you have to like nail it because you have to get the hash brown. You almost have to arrive right at the moment they're changing over from breakfast. Yeah, that's to lunch. that's like a. Is it eleven o'clock that they change? Or they got all day breakfast now. Some of them. Oh, no. do they? All right, right. whatever. You you work know. into that. I don't but really get in touch though. with Arditi. Figure out when he could come in, and if that works for you, preparing the prison pizza. All right. I also I can't spend like a hundred dollars on this, but I will help you. I will help you economically in putting this all together. All right. right? Appreciate it. Um, and then. And then see if maybe on the same day we try the McFlurry ice cream sandwich. So don't eat breakfast. Why are we just doing? So I don't know. I don't want to just try that. I that, I got to make that a bet somehow. I'm not just signing up to try it. That's dumb. Why would I do that? I don't need that in my life. We make that a bet of Might some need sort. It in your life. Some sort of bet I would this week take, related. I would okay. Definitely try that. Thing. All right. Well, you can. Uh, well, you know, That's like fine. NBA draft bet. See if you can come in know. specifically on a Tuesday. Okay. No, no, no. It's got to be Orioles related. If we're doing with Eric. Oh, okay. Some sort of Orioles related. Oh, we're bet. betting with him. Okay. I thought you and I. What in the hell just happened? That's not a good sign. Everything oh, started no. going south when that pineapple right? came out. What in the world? If you're with us, we on, had a cursed pineapple. If you're with us on video, then it looks like we just suffered a serious crash. We got to come up with a better but solution. The World Series earthquake in here. Than just hoping that it continues to stay moving forward. We're gonna have to work on that. Uh, that will be. That doesn't sound good if it can just fall apart in the middle of a show. <laughs> God. It's probably on me because I was moving it back and forth while we were while we were trying to watch. All right, all right, we good. We we covered everything that we need to cover. All right, very good. We'll uh, we'll try to get some of that video up on uh, TikTok or YouTube or whatever. Yeah, if you can take that back. All right. Uh, when we come back in, we'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular to wind down for a Tuesday edition of GCR. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. 
Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available daily Day and night, it's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Ravens minicamp underway out in Owings Mills. John Harbaugh tells reporters 100% everyone showed up for minicamp, which it's mandatory, so that makes sense. Um, Only a couple of notes. I guess Odell Beckham is fully cleared, but they say they're still going to ramp him up, um, so he won't be doing everything this week. Uh, Rashad Bateman apparently got a cortisone shot, so he's not really going to be doing much this week. And uh, Pepe Williams sidelined. Uh, wait, Demarion Williams. Is Demarion Williams Pepe Williams? Yes, yes that's yeah, what I'm. Yeah, 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 right? Sam Williams. God, we kind of just forgot who is what his name was because we just went with Pepe. Pepe Williams sidelined until at least the start of training camp, according to uh, Jeff Zrebeck's Twitter and John Harbaugh talking to reporters today. Not everywhere where they've had a hundred percent attendance for mandatory minicamp in Buffalo, they are missing. Stefan Diggs, which seems mm. significant. Um, he's, don't, hold, he's holding out for DeAndre Hopkins, right? R- the, wait, the, until they trade for DeAndre Hopkins? He, no, no, until well, they assign DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, he won't show up? It's weird that... Because like Stefan Diggs just got a contract last offseason. So like I, I don't think it's money. Um, people are pointing out that they're, they, there was fr- he expressed some frustration at the end of their playoff loss to Cincinnati, but like... I mean, to not show up for minicamp over that, I don't know what that would be about. I, I don't – the, the, the quote that's going around right now is Sean McDermott saying he's very concerned, which then makes you wonder, like, have they been in touch with him? Are they worried – like, you know, I have no idea what to make of that. If Stefan Diggs, for whatever reason, has decided he's unhappy in Buffalo, I, and I don't know what that would be about, I mean, always seem to be a – Enjoying um, the the area, being yes. a part of that. Having whole Josh thing. Allen throw him the football, like, like it, it's weird that would suddenly come up. 
it, certainly there's no world where you know, he'll be in the mix for the Ravens, which is a bummer because I, you know, we've all always wanted to see Stephon Diggs play for the Ravens. But they're not going to be if somehow Stephon Diggs ends up on the market, and let's we're about twelve steps ahead of ourselves in that process. Um, the the Ravens that would not be a play for them, like to to be giving up when they've already addressed wide receivers significantly, to then be giving up draft assets at a time where the draft picks are all the more important because you just spent money on Lamar Jackson. That's not going to happen. But wouldn't hurt to get him out of the AFC if possible. Like, certainly wouldn't bother me if all of a sudden, you know, like he was in the line for, I'm trying to think of of what NFC contender could use more at the wide receiver position. The The Lions. The Vikings. Yeah, the Lions, especially with Jamison Williams suspended to start the season. The problem is, like, we're saying NFC contender, but we're kind of – we're kind of doing a wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing as we say yeah, sure. it because, like, yes, they absolutely could win the NFC North. Does anybody really believe the Lions going to win the Super the Bowl Packers, this year? Like, That's the pro- like. You can almost make an argument that anybody's an NFC yeah. contender, but then you can also make the same argument that no one is an NFC contender outside of like Philadelphia and San Francisco. Like, do you really buy into how many teams not named Philadelphia or San Francisco do you really believe are capable of being Super Bowl contenders in the NFC? None. It's where I am. Yeah. Like again, you're squinting on Detroit and saying like, well, you know, they really came on last year. I mean, we've been doing that for an eternity. Like, I I guess if Justin Fields has a Lamar Jackson like leap in year two, then like, you know, maybe that he could be that good that he could make the Bears. Like, I mean, they did. We've we have we have not paid a ton of attention to it, but like, you know, quietly adding Chase Claypool and quietly adding DJ Moore this off season, and then. Um, who was the linebacker that they signed to replace Roquan Smith? That was a pretty good. They added. God. They added an off-ball linebacker. Oh God! They might have even added two. That you were like, mm. you were like, okay, I can see it. Uh, hang on a second. T.J. Edwards. They added yeah. T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Like, I- I'm not trying to suggest all of a sudden the Bears' defense because they had other problems defensively, and I know their offensive line was a big issue that. Everybody would, you know, but they do have a mobile quarterback, so that helps. It it would require Justin Fields taking a significant step forward as a passer. Lamar Jackson, like, year one to year two jump as a passer for this to be viable. But if if he did, I've said all along, I think they're more intriguing than people are suggesting that they are because there is a next level. Like, Jerry Goff is always going to be limited to, like, you can say he was outstanding last season, and he was. But there's an, a limit. That's it's like a Kirk Cousins thing. That you're not gonna get a next level. He's gonna go win you games on his own. He's gonna play really well, and you know you put good talent around him. You can get a lot out of that. Kirk Cousins got to an NFC Championship game, but to win a Super Bowl, it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me. Now again, I didn't know that Matt Stafford was gonna be able to do that either. For what it's worth, and clearly he did. So. You know, it's not impossible, but tough, tough one. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. JT Real Muto, he hit the, had a cycle last night for the Phillies, their first cycle since, since 2004. When this current manager, uh, this current MLB manager, hit for the cycle for them, do you remember who it was? Two thousand four. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe, Kapler? Gabe Kapler. No. Oh. Boone. No. 
for the for the Phillies. For the Phillies. Two thousand current manager played for the Phillies in two thousand four. Man, I'm um, just trying to think of managers that played yeah. recently. Uh, Alex Cora wasn't a Philly. No. Was AJ Hinch a Philly at no. any point? I don't think so. He manages a red team. Manages a red team. Uh, this is the problem. We had just I know we just yeah. did this, and I maybe I just don't remember that. Who's think oh. of the red team? Right, I know the Reds, yeah. and I can't think oh, of who their manager you? is. That's the problem. Like I, I we we David Bell David is he the Bell, manager yes. of the Reds? Yes, David Bell. I, I only know that because we just did yeah. this. He's the last Philly to hit for the cycle. Uh, he also the first catcher in 12 years since 2011 to hit for the cycle. Last catcher to do it was Milwaukee Brewers in 2011. Craig Council. No. No, catcher. it would have been um. Yeah, that would have that been too early for it to be Grandal, right? No, it's not Grandal. How would it have been to? You just give it to you. George Kataris. Uh, Yo, definitely was the next yes. one I was going to name. George Kataris. Uh, hopefully, won't be the last catcher to do well, it. In the Perry Hall High School, two thousand one grad. George Castaneris was. <laughs> uh, the uh, so somebody tweeted out the uh, teams leading with the most ninth inning strikeouts this season. Uh, would you like to guess who number I one mean, is? Like pitching wise? Yes. I bet the Orioles are in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are number one by thirty-three. Yeah. They have a thirty-three strikeout lead I on mean, the next two closest teams. So the Orioles have ninety-seven I, I believe, inning strikeouts. So I think it's ESPN does a Cy Young indicator. And hang on a second. Let me make sure I have this right. Yes, they have a Cy Young predictor. So rank right now the top ten. Cy Young candidates in the American League, according to ESPN Cy Young predictor, Framber Valdez. Framber Valdez is not on McClanahan, the list. McClanahan number yeah, one. McClanahan is definitely number one. Batista. Batista's number three. What about wow. No Cano? I mean, you know, No Cano. I can give yeah. you the right because the point was getting Batista. Yeah. Evaldi's two. Eflin four. Joe Ryan five. John Gray six. Garrett Cole. Jordan Romano. Uh, Sonny Gray and Christian Javier. Where's but Kyle Gibson? Felix. Yeah, so close. Tyler Wells, the .85 whip, maybe should be in that conversation. Uh, Felix, yeah. ba- Felix Batista, number, number three. three on ESPN's Cy Young predictor. It's just going to be season. like 2016 all over again, though. By the way, Mitch like, Keller leads the NL Cy Young predictor with uh, Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen. So what was Otani on the? Uh, not on the Cy Young. Really? Predictor. Nope. That, he's third in Major League Baseball with strikeouts. All right. 102. All right. Um, no, also, like like even the ga- when it faced the Orioles, he gave up. He struck out, but he ba- gave a bunch gave of runs. Five or too. six. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay, really get to the point. You have to win. Get to the point. Uh, Nolan yeah, wins Jones. don't matter, dog. He pitched in well enough for his team to win Shut the game. Up. Uh, Nolan Jones hit a 472 foot walk off home run on Sunday. It's the longest uh, Statcast tracked uh, home walk off home run since Statcast started tracking home run distance 2015. Uh, the rest of the top five. Do you want to try to guess? CJ Crone. Not C.J. Crone. I'll give it to you. Byron Buxton hit a 469-foot okay. walk-off homer. Mark Reynolds in 2016 All right. hit a 464-foot walk-off I don't, homer. I don't remember. Was he yeah, st- wait, was he still with the Orioles in 16? No. 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 Yeah. Who was he with? Was he? Was that the Diamondback days? No, that was, he was with the Diamondbacks before he was with the Orioles. So he where did he go after that? He went to 16 years with Colorado. Colorado. Okay, I guess that... that Checks out then. Uh, Nolan yeah. Jones, obviously, with the Rockies. Yeah, it That's makes sense. Sure. Kyle Schwarber hit a 463-foot walk-off homer in Salvador Perez okay. in 2021. Those are the longest. Salvador Perez hit a basically a 460-foot home run the other day. Yeah. Jesus um, Christ. So like we've forgotten Jokic. about it because of Gunnar Henderson's yeah. home run, but 
damn was that the fact smack. that he's still doing it is like good yeah, for him nuts. man good for he's, him yeah i was at, it was a fun moment though uh when he got on base on set and like you, you know it was early in the game and it's somebody in the top of the room and i just didn't remember who it was that had been on at the plate and my sons get very excited about the idea of stolen bases like they get super excited about like i think it's because it's like stealing like they're like you're allowed to steal that's cool so i remember my my eight-year-old saying is he going to try to steal? And it was like, I don't remember what the circumstances were in the game on Saturday, but I was like, well, that would make sense. Then I was like, wait, who's on first base? Perez? No, no, he is not going to try to steal. That not will and not be a steal. No. no. That would have been cool if he did. Just Yeah, I mean, it would be great. Yeah. Right. Uh, Nikola Jokic, he joins the 50 club. So this is playoff points, rebounds, assists to average over 50 for the entirety of the NBA postseason in a single postseason. Oh, if you season. combine the average of his points, assists, rebounds, and assists, assists. numbers yes. over 50. Uh, he yeah. became the I mean, eighth. God, he's as close to 60. Yeah, he became the eighth player to do this. Uh, he, he averaged 52.9. Oh, uh, I thought it was uh, it really slacked off the last yeah, couple a little of bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he became the eighth player to do this. Can you name the other seven? To be in the 50 club. Salvador Perez has players. how many stolen bases for his career? 13. 12 years. 26. You guys are way overshooting. Really? <laughs> Nine. Four. Six. Okay. Six stolen bases for Salvador Perez's career. I Which, frankly, I'm amazed at six. All right. Um, 50 in the entire playoffs. Yes. Tim Duncan. Not Tim yeah, Duncan. I mean, no, Shaq. Well, Not Shaq. These guys don't get assists. Shaq was like so I think many points he, and rebounds. Yeah, Shaq was like in couple. like the 48, 49 range, so he did that not. Is, that is it's pretty friggin' remarkable, yeah. considering I, it probably involved two assists. <laughs> Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson, not. I mean, you, you associate him with triple doubles. I'm thinking more like you know James Harden. Not James Harden. Kawhi Leonard. Not Kawhi Leonard. Jason Kidd. Not Jason Kidd. Westbrook. That's a little surprising. Yeah. Uh, not Westbrook. Boy, Steph, uh, Steph Curry just for Steph. so LeBron. LeBron did do this in 2018. Durant, Kevin Durant, not on this list, not in the 50 club. Larry Bird, not Larry Bird. Magic Johnson, not Magic Johnson. They did have to make the finals, which I guess. Oh, oh well, you oh, maybe okay. should have mentioned that. Well, I mean, but most yeah, of these but guys, most of these guys, most these guys did. Um, Kobe, Kareem, Kobe on the list. Kareem is on this list in 1974. Hakeem Olajuwon joined the club. Uh, not Hakeem, Wilt. Wilt did this twice, huh? 1964, 1967. Julius Serving. Julius Serving did this in 1976. Okay. Uh, made the final. Uh, uh, Kevin Garnett. Not Kevin Garnett. Drexler. Not Claude Drexler. Uh, um, you said Dr. J. David Robinson. Not David Robinson. Bill Russell. Bill Russell did this four times. Most of anyone. <laughs> uh, Wilts and Russell, the only ones to do this twice. Uh, yeah, but so Russell we got did it three left. That is correct. Moses Malone. Yep. Uh, not Moses Malone. Elgin three Baylor, because it's always Elgin Baylor. It is indeed Elgin Baylor. <laughs> Look at that. Always, always Elgin Baylor. Just made the cutoff 50.7. So we're missing, you said we're missing two? Missing two. Uh, yeah, you're missing two. All right, give me something. Um, one of them is did it in the last. Five years, last five finals. In the last five finals. The other one did it in uh, 1960s. Last five finals. So Giannis? Not Giannis. Uh, Booker. Anthony Davis. Not Anthony Davis. Not not Devin Booker. Bit more Mount Rushmoreian player from the last five years, still we playing. LeBron? LeBron. We said LeBron. Literally the first LeBron? one I said, dude. Yeah. Did like the really? first <laughs> one we got right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, LeBron. 
Okay, so we got check that off for you. So we got two more. Yeah, we have one more. Yeah, one more from the sixties. Yes, Bob Pettit. Bob, not Bob Pettit. Jerry West. Jerry West in nineteen sixty-five, fifty-one point six. Very good. Uh, There was only one sports question. By the way, trivia was a bloodbath. It was like the finals all over again last night. We were in first place at halftime. Does like the I think we got one question. Yeah, I think we got one question correct in the second half. We could use if you know things, we could use some help on our Monday night. You want to come out and play Monday night trivia? By all means, come out and play Monday night trivia with us. If you you got it, we need like Shakespeare. We need geography. We need I read uh, Romeo and Juliet. We need things covered that I Merchant of Venice. I read uh, Hamlet. We could we could team like, up on a, that. What brand name is the Italian phrase for "you're welcome"? Um, Versace. We were the only no, team a, in the bar that didn't too. get this right. By the way, really? Yeah, Ferrari. No, <laughs> Ferrari. Ciao. No. So I actually said I started by saying I bet it's ragu or prego. Like I bet it's one of them, right? Because like they're Italian phrases and it's Italian food. And then I said, well, but Spanish is de nada, so is there a de something? And John Proctor was like, what about de giorno? And I was like, mm. okay, okay, I'll listen to that. And we were the only people in the bar that got it wrong. It was prego. Prego oh. was, so I had the idea. How did you just know that? But I, apparently it's something people know, man. I don't know. Apparently it's something prego. people know. Uh, what were the other ones we got wrong? Oh, what's the second biggest city in, uh, the, in the Netherlands? I guess Amsterdam is the biggest. Yes, obviously. So that would make. And again, after I heard it, I was like, Budapest right. is that in the Netherlands? No, it's definitely not in the Netherlands. <laughs> All right, nope. Don't need you on the trivia team, Carson. Thank you. Second biggest. Team. Rotterdam. Rotterdam. Ah, uh, yes, Rotterdam. What What form of poker is named after an American city, and involves players having four cards in their hand? American city, so not so Texas is a state. Yes, correct. You you had the same si- conversation. There are cities named called yeah. Texas. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I I I give up. Yeah, yeah. As it turns out, you would have been of no service to us. Whatsoever. Kansas City Hold'em poker. Uh, Omaha is apparently. What uh, I was pretty close. Uh, Omaha, close. Omaha is what it's called. Uh, the final last night was the sports related, the only sports related question of the night. So that was a real kick in the pants for me, and it, oh. Uh, name the only ever host country of a Summer Olympics to not win a gold medal in the Olympics they hosted. Jeez. Spain and Barcelona. No. Qatar never hosted the Olympics. No. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, every country kind of, like, stumbles into a, a, a medal, I feel like. Now, Australia would have won a gold when, when it was in Sydney. Probably want a bunch in swimming. Yeah. They they tend to do very well in swimming. Uh, if you ever heard did of Germany just like not get one one time? Did no, Germany just not way. Germany? Who would host and not win? We were between Morocco. We were between two countries. We were between two. Mexico and Canada were the two that we were between. And nobody in the bar got it right. So if we had just gotten it right, we would have won. Wow. Despite how terrible we were in the second half. What was it Mexico then? It was Canada. We went with Mexico. Canada never won a gold medal. And Montreal in 1976, I believe it was. And I said that. I was like, all right, wild card. I know it's a big country, but Montreal is maybe Canada just not good at summer sports. Like, are they just all of their athletes are hockey players? And 
you know, curlers, bo- and you know, like, is it possible that they're just not good skating at summer skating. sports? And we were struggling because I didn't know. I was just putting it out there. Proctor was like, well, all they would really need is like one track and field. I'm like, I know, but like, that's all that Mexico would need, you know, like Canada. Man. Canada was the answer. That was a real barn burner for us. All right, here's uh, a long season, right? So, yeah, we, yeah, we were in fifth place last night. Not a great start. Not a great start. Tubular is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. We're offering you new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books here in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get offers like to up to $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet. Or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Times limited. Get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. Orioles Blue Jays. Game one of a three-game set tonight. Chris Bassett, Dean Kramer, 7 o'clock. So they're not doing 640 anymore. Even though I think schools technically don't get out until tomorrow, right? Most that is true, yeah. So um, 7 o'clock. Uh, so that's a bummer because I was really enjoying those 640 first pitches. They were, they were they great were for me. I mean, seven they stopped o- doing it like I think like the last week of May, didn't they? Uh, they didn't do it on the weekend, but I thought the the midweek games were still 640. Yeah, through. Mm, at least not. I don't know. Whatever. Mm, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. That's a great point. We're spending too much time <laughs> on this innocuous topic. Anyway, uh, that's on Masson two this evening for game one of a three game set. TNT for Game 5 as the Golden Knights try to close out the Panthers in the Stanley Cup Final. That's at 8 o'clock. Not, no simulcast on TBS. They've been doing it on both. Not on tonight because TBS has Yankees-Mets. Is it on True TV? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Uh, NBC Sports Washington Twitter for the Mystics and Fever at 7. Find the rest of the baseball at glennclarkradio.com. CBS Sports Network, Atlanta Dream, New York Liberty at 8. Seattle Storm, Phoenix Mercury at 10. USA for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Not a whole lot. America's Got Talent on NBC. Deadliest Catch, new episode on uh, Discovery. And Amy Schumer's got a new special out on Netflix called Emergency Contact. All right. right. Very good. Thanks to um, a lot of people today. Thanks to Jackson Holiday. Thanks to Dennis Martinez, Jenna Antonucci, as well as to Caleb Joseph. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. That said, on the program tomorrow... Should be making a stop at Norfolk. Oh, right. Yes. Do we know if it's... Uh... It should be. I'll wait, waiting on confirmation. All right, but, all yeah. right. Um, Drew, stuff and things? Drew won't be in tomorrow, so yeah, stuff and things. Are we just not doing Wednesdays anymore? He won't, oh, well, I'll talk to you. We're not doing a new day for Drew. We're not. Okay. We're not get. We got to get that straightened out somehow. All right, Carson, you're on social. That's right. At Carson, where? Follow at Glenn Clark Radio on uh, TikTok. Carson's gonna be. Let, let, we're gonna get moving on that in the next week or so. We're gonna get the moving wheels on are like more. like this. We're looking. Yeah, we're gonna get, get on a ninety five. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get moving on that. Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore Orioles, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All-American Lacrosse, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks.